Mr. Dunham, it is West Day, and you are here with us instead of instead of Wes. How, how does, those are pretty big shoes to fill, man. How you doing? I know, right? I kind of wish I could change places with Wes, actually. I, it'd be cool to be at GDC this week. But, uh, you know, doing pretty good. Uh, weather's cold here in Austin, so I've uh, been riding my bike and stuff. And, yeah, it's been, uh, it's been a good week. The weather's cold, so you've been riding your bike? Yeah, well, I mean, because weather gets hot. Mm-hmm. I don't like to ride my bike in the middle of the day when it's hot, right? But it's been in the, like, 50s. Mm-hmm. So I've been able to go up to the lake in the middle of the day when the sun's out and ride my bike around the lake. The funky sloth in the chat says, it's not West Day. It's done day. It's done day. There we go. Which just, That's it. It's does, done. Doesn't quite roll off the tongue, but I mean, it rolls off the tongue better than Monday. So, uh, so I say let's fucking go with it. Still, I always voted for Monday J mm-hmm. because it has AJ in it. Yeah. Well, because because it, it also is super 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 doesn't roll off the tongue like Mon, Mon, Monday J. Is just like so, so too many syllables, it, yeah. it, it, which is why it works better, I think. Like that, why we say two wise Friday and everything else. So, uh, I think that's way more without parole than Monday. But you know what? I think we lost that <laughs> vote. <laughs> so, all right, yeah. dude, I, Dan, guys, everybody, before we actually start the show, D- this is Daniel Dunham. He is uh, he's an, uh, a developer over at Skydance, uh, and uh, he's taking the time out of his busy day to come hang out with us today because Wes is at GDC. So let's give a big round of applause, a lot of love for Dan while we start this fucking show. You ready, Dan? I'm ready. Let's Let's do do this. This is PSVR Gamescast Live. We film live every single Monday, <laughs> Dun Dunday, and Two Eyes Friday right go. here on PSVR Without Pearl. My name is Brian Paul from this channel right here, PSVR Without Pearl. And this guy over here, as I already introduced in the beginning, is Daniel Dunham, working his butt off. Uh, I'm assuming we can tell people what game you're working on over at Skydance. Is that right? Yeah. He's working yeah. his butt off yeah. on Behemoth. He's the only one, uh, I'm assuming, in the chat and on screen right now who knows what this game looks and plays like but we're not allowed to ask any questions so let's move on <laughs> dan <laughs> thanks for joining me I mean, man. you can ask questions i just can't answer any of them <laughs> yeah just we're gonna we're gonna disappoint you is the answer right that's right right yeah uh that being said though uh, i mean everybody hopefully everyone at skydance is is celebrating a little bit i know that there was a little bit of a rocky launch yesterday with uh with saints and sinners chapter one and two on psvr2 there were a couple issues getting people their upgrades and, and whatnot but but man overall I, I i think the reception to the games has been overwhelmingly positive so hopefully you guys are finding some time amid all the chaos to celebrate i am not really sure like i'm like i said i'm on the behemoth team i haven't interacted very much with the walking dead team other than tiff um and we you know we chatted with tiff last night so we know how that's going there um but yeah i think uh, i mean like you said especially on psvr the response has been really positive uh, so yeah, yeah, and I mean that's where the positive reception should be on PSVR. Uh, so I do, yeah. I mean I played it and I was absolutely blown away. Um, you know, want to get want to give a little shout out to White Moon Dreams while we're at it, not just Skydance. Like these guys are uh, right. kicking yeah. ass and taking names, and killing it. Yeah. yeah, really, really showing us what the PSVR two is capable of. So good job all around. Um, I haven't even booted up Saints and Sinners Chapter One yet. I know a lot of people are curious. Like, did this get the same treatment? Uh, from what I've heard from the cats, it's it looks good not quite as good didn't get quite all the bells and whistles that uh chapter two did so 
you'll still find like a decent little upgrade when you hit up the sequel, which is nice. Uh, Jay Meow in the chat with his $2 tip says, hey, Dan, what does Behemoth look and play like? <laughs> We're off to a good start. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we also got Danorama Pajama, the Game Cat's Pajamas with a 10 quid. It says, Dan, if you're younger than Dan too. If you're younger, you're Dan too. Yeah. Also, I was wrong all these years. Tetris Effect. I get it now. Um, yeah. I'm not. Yeah. Look at, see all the, all the gray. That's definitely, definitely probably not younger. <laughs> it's, it's a good question, dude. Definitely I, probably. Always yeah. surprised. <laughs> always surprised whenever I, uh, whenever i find out the age of some of the cats out there right because like we definitely skew a little bit older in this community i uh, think so yeah so probably has to do with my uh you know with my age as well i don't know if that's the case every time i say commodore 64 there's at least four cats out there that go yeah so <laughs> yeah elvert in the chat with the two dollar tip says ghost of tabor hype uh yeah dude i can't wait until uh, we're going to get Elver on the show one of these days uh, when, when we have a little bit more time to prepare when we uh, when we when we have the opportunity. Uh, Elver's been playing Ghost of Tabor Tabor. I don't fucking know how it's pronounced. Do we know? I don't know. I, I have no idea. No. Tabor looks sounds good to me. Yeah, let's go with that. Uh, he, he's been he's been in on the alpha and he has all of the knowledge that we need. And so one of these days we're going to get him on the show, uh, see some of his footage, and he's going to talk about why you should be excited for this game. But don't worry, that's not coming until Q three. Uh, time to play PSVR 2, the GameCat says, I'm 48. Well, you have me and Dan beat, but not by a whole lot. Yep, not by a lot, yeah. <laughs> nice. Um, Unruly Cat in the chat. We're just, we're, we're just not going to do a show. We're just going to talk to the chat. I think this is how it's going to That sounds good. Yeah, yeah I can do that. Uh, Unruly Cat it's says... It's just Discord. Uh-oh. Just yeah. how good... Yeah, it's just... <laughs> this is Discord the movie. <laughs> uh unruly cat says how good are psvr2 days we're going to remember this wonderful time forever it's really true man like i I feel like we're 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 just getting started it's only been one month and obviously we'll talk way more about this when the when we get to the official topic of the show But, but damn dude like we are we're only a month in it's only been 30 days and we have gotten multiple AAA titles we've gotten multiple uh titles that strive to be AAA, and really there are i can't i can't point to any game and go yeah you shouldn't buy this like there's just so so many good games at launch like this really is an amazing time to be a br gamer uh yeah like yeah this this launch lineup has actually been really good i was i so just not too long ago i have i was going through my stuff and i was pulling out the um old rift cv1s that i have i have like a closet full of them and I don't know if you remember, but this thing had a little guy on the back that showed the launch titles. And I was looking at this, and I'm going, oh, my God. Yeah, the PSVR 2 launch lineup is amazing compared to this. Just fantastic. Yeah. So, um, anyway, yeah, yeah. We are living in privileged times in VR world right now, yeah. You're, you're, also, you're also showcasing what this show needs, and that's fewer chairs. And more, and more <laughs> ability to walk around the room as we talk because, because that, Sorry. dude, you yeah. seem mo- way more relaxed than me. Like I, I'm always like, oh, I gotta ho- hold on to this microphone and I gotta sit here. I gotta make sure I'm center frame. You can just walk around, dude, and do whatever the fuck you want. Yeah, I but then you that. gotta yell at me to get closer because you can't. You're too far away from your mic, Dan. Come back. Oh wait, are you? Is your mic is not attached to your headset? Oh damn, because you even when no, you're it's, walking it's around, you sound yeah. good. Yeah, I'm just using a blue snowball, uh, one of the snowball blue mics. Okay, yeah. damn. Yeah. Hey Dan, 
Yep. Yay, Brian. What's up? Did you uh, did you happen to see the trailer for the new Pixel Rip game? I did see the trailer for the new Pixel Rip game. Pixel- I'm uh, I am excited about this. This looks cool. Pixel Ripped 1978. Um, let's like as we bring up this trailer, uh, Dan. What was you, what was your experience with the last couple of games? Did you? Uh, were, were, Everybody, I know that people are kind of mixed on them. Like some people yeah. think they're VR classics, VR must-haves. Like really showed the capabilities, and some people are like, "Yeah, they're okay. They're kind of a collection of mini games." Where do you find where do you find yourself in uh, in that range of people? Well, I mean, they're definitely okay. So I might look at it a little bit different as a developer because I think the most impressive thing to me was the whole gameception thing, right? Where it's games inside games, mm-hmm. um, and I thought that was really cool, especially like emulating you know, a Super NES kind of thing inside VR. I think that stuff is really trippy. Um, so I thought that was, I, I, I really liked it for that reason. Um, also, it's definitely a nostalgia trip. Um, so again, another one of those things that probably caters more to an older audience maybe than some of the younger folks. But I know that there's a lot of younger folks that really like retro games too. So, but yeah, the stories were okay. The story in the second one was a lot better. I really liked the whole thing where they had the, Sega versus Nintendo. I can't remember the names of the consoles that they used, yeah. but that whole like console war thing going on. So yeah, no, I, I think I think the things that they've done with Pixel Rip have been really creative, and I really enjoy um, I really enjoy the stuff that they put out for that. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think I think as a retro gamer and somebody who grew up with these video games, it's hard not to appreciate what they're doing, even if like you know whether whether you think they're done in the best possible way or not. It's just you can't play these games without remembering, you know. The simpler times, to put it probably in the most right. generic way possible, um, but yeah, these. Uh, and, and so I'm always excited when when they announce a new one. Uh, I just thought, I thought 95 personally was. I, I felt like there was something something about it felt a little rushed. Like you were you got to be dot in first person, which is perfect because that's exactly what they're showing right now. Um, and you could you could shoot. You could you could shoot her mm-hmm. wh- whatever the, her projectiles are, and it was like, oh my god, are we about to play? A pixel rip doom game like are we about to like you know do a, do a oh, mini game yeah. that's like that's that? at the right time for it yeah it was a perfect time for it and uh and they didn't and they did i feel like they didn't quite go as far as they needed to to really blow us away and then the playstation one stuff that they did like the crash bandicoot ripoff stuff was like oh it just felt bad um but it but they had way more mini games in 95 than they did in the first one right so maybe that's why it felt rushed because i think they had way more a, a, a lot more content in terms of the little mini games that were in there, right? And each mini game is like a bespoke thing that has to be built by hand. Right. So I could see why maybe they just didn't have the time to like really, really polish it up. But yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, like it's these are easy things to uh, to nitpick and say uh, and say you know this is good, this isn't good, whatever. But the overall experience, I think it's super memorable, and it's not like they're charging like fifty dollars for these things. These are like twenty five, thirty dollars games. Uh, and so, with that being said. Uh, what what did you think when you saw this trailer, dude, for 1978? Um, I think, so, one of the things that really stood out to me was they obviously got licenses for these games that they're going to, these mini games that they're going to put in there because they're licensed, it's, it, you know, it's being published by Atari. Um, so that's super cool, right? I, I also, you know, me personally, I like the idea that, oh, we get our, our, our first person character is someone who's a game developer working at a getting their first job at Atari or whatever. And I was like, oh, that's so cool. Like, how neat is that? So I don't know. I'm, I'm pretty excited for it. Um, I think it's going to be a fun little romp. Um, and yeah, it looks good. I, I think I, 
we were talking earlier and there was some people that were a little apprehensive about, well, is it going to be like the super blocky graphics thing from Atari? Like, how's that going to work? But it looked like in the trailer, there were some scenes where they kind of do the Tron thing where they like suck you into the game in first person. And then you get a little bit more fidelity out of it that way. So yeah, um, yeah I'm curious to see how they, how they handle that. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. No, that was, that was the first thing that surprised me. I was, I was watching because as you know, like you said, we were, we were, we played 1995 and we saw these like imitation Super Nintendos and Sega Genesis and, right. and you know, and they, you know, we obviously knew what they were referencing, but they didn't have the ability to have Super Nintendo plastered across the front of it. Uh, same with the Game Boy that was uh, in the original uh, 1989. 89. 89. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> and then he, and then this one starts and like I didn't even notice the Atari logo at the beginning. Uh, until I started seeing Atari on everything and being like, oh my God, like, I mean, like, they're just using the Atari logo. And I didn't see until the very end that it was actually being published by Atari. And I think that's a, that's a major get for Pixel Ripped and a major get for Atari. Like, what a great kind of trip down memory lane to take in an official manner. Like, and be able to get inside these games and do the Inception thing that you were talking about. This is fucking very cool, man. And yeah. I think it's a big deal for, for Pixel Ripped to be able to do this kind of stuff. This is like a match made in heaven. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, th- it's very cool. Do you think there's going to be like pot smoke coming out of like the the other offices in the Atari building? Because that's always been the rumor, right? Like you work at Atari, and it's just like everybody was just smoking <laughs> you- pot back in the day, like in the hallways. <laughs> you the ever watch the TV show? You ever watch the TV show Code Monkeys? It was like a cartoon. Oh no! It was no. A, a cartoon I- about game developers. That's like about the Atari. Oh my god, you gotta watch that. Oh Jesus, Code Monkeys was great. Were they? It's, it's they pretty on, raunchy. Do they riff on like the Atari days and stuff? Like how's that? Oh oh yeah, it's it's like really on the nose. Yeah yeah, it's hilarious, and it's all done. But it's all done in like eight bit. Car- so the the cartoons look like eight bit, you know, game characters. Or oh whatever. nice, all done like pixel so, art yeah. style. At least the characters. Yeah yeah. Nice. yeah. I'll have to check that out. It sounds right up my alley. Um, Nihilist Ryan, the game feline, says, I didn't even know the, that uh, Atari was still a company. Dude, hasn't Atari gone Yeah, they tried to like... launch a new console. They tried to launch a new console. Was it last year? The or BCS, right? Right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, which was like, it was... I don't I don't know much about it because I didn't follow it that closely, but I remember seeing it. Yeah, I feel I feel like there were like reports of it being a scam and like never actually going into development and like I but I feel like Atari's gone out of business like four times. Like they've gone bankrupt <laughs> like after after the Atari Jaguar days, man, like I think that was that was like their first major downfall. And so I don't think Atari is the same company yeah. it was. I think that name just keeps getting passed along to people who are willing to to buy it. Yeah, yeah, I I, I think yeah, you're right. And the other thing that Atari kind of missed out on was um like they're they're making they're taking advantage of some of their IP right now for 1978, but Sega had a similar kind of issue. But Sega had this advantage where it had this great IP that they were able to keep bringing games out for, and Atari just wasn't ever able to really pull that off. So I'm curious. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see how this goes. Uh, Shaggy in the chat says Code Monkeys was great. He agrees with you. Code Monkeys was awesome. Yeah. In um, a awesome Tatum lets us know that the Atari VCS actually came out. So after this show, I'm going to have to look it up and see what happened because I, look it. in my head, it didn't come out. I thought the whole thing was a scam and things were, and people were getting in trouble for it, but maybe it just sucked. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't even know what got put on there. I remember it had something to do with like, there wasn't it an Android device or something like that. And that was kind of like, people were like, Ooh, they were a little gun shy on that because of the, um, Ouya, uh, right. Cause the Ouya was that little Android console and, and that just did not do well. Um, 
Jack Callie in chat or Jack. I just saw that. Yeah, he, he, can see, he can see your poster in the background. He says, tell this man to put to the top on sale. It's been a year. Um, maybe. Yeah, you're right. It has been a year. Uh, I'll talk to I'll talk to him about it. <laughs> I see his poster in the background. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. If you guys don't know, uh, Dan Dan made to the top. He one of, one of the one of the two founding members. Is this accurate of uh, of yeah, Electric Hat yeah. Games? Uh, yeah. You can you can we talk about Super Kit before we move on to anything? I mean, like sure. I, I've got you here, let's and let's make it special, man. Like, yeah. what's going on with Super Kit? The last we had heard, you'd got um, a job at Skydance, so, and we didn't know the future. Yeah. So I got it. Yeah, I got a job at Skydance. Super Kit is like it's on ice. I keep saying it's on like it's on like Arctic ice. But to be fair, whenever I have a spare moment, I am like ducking back in there and checking it out and poking at it every so often. So, like, where is Super Kit right now? So I have updated the engine to Unreal Five for Super Kit um, just to see if it worked, and it did. Like, just basically out of the box, like almost no changes were needed to get that running. Um, and then I started, I did experiment a little bit more with some of the, cause there's parts of the game that were procedurally generated or, or I don't know if procedural is the right term, maybe randomly generated is a better way to put it, but it, you know, there are parts of the game that were like randomly generated and then other parts that are just handcrafted. Right. And so I've been kind of playing around with how those are organized a little bit, just some really high level stuff, but yeah, I haven't been working on it, working on it since what October. So yeah. Um, Hob ten thirteen says to the top needs a port to PSVR two. This is crazy. You're man. not wrong, right? Is it? It is funny because like leading up to the PSVR two launch, I was like, if you're a VR developer and you're not porting your PSVR one game or your Quest game or your PC <laughs> VR game to PlayStation right, VR two, right. then you are crazy. What are you doing with your life? And Dan goes, I'm not doing that. And I was like, wait, wait, what? What? <laughs> Constant <laughs> amazement that like to the but top. It's not already. because I. Yeah, it's not because I don't want to. I just don't have the I just don't have the means to do it. Like the and the way I want to do it, I think, is there's some ups, there's some extra content that's in the project that was never put into the shipped game. Just some like experimental stuff that we tried, you know, that sort of thing. And what I'd like to do is I'd like to do like a I don't know if you call it a director's cut or whatever, but with that other experimental stuff in there too as like an optional thing that you can try out. Like I think that'd be really cool. Anyway, uh, I guess I mean this is perfect. We're, we're actually on topic for uh, for one of the tips that came through. Josh Cat with the five dollar tip says, "Question for Dan: Is it easier to develop your game on PSVR two than it was developing on PSVR one or Quest?" I think yes, uh, definitely easier. I would say easier than PSVR one. But the only reason is because the um, you know the VR tool sets and uh, you know as far as software goes has been around longer, and so there's more of a standard of how VR works. And so those things are just integrated into the commercial off the shelf engine. So like unity and unreal just have those things in it. And so, you know, if you're building a game for one VR platform right now, it's relatively easy to bring it to other VR platforms at this point. I hope that answers the question. It sounds like it. Um, all right, and let's. I think we got one other tip we need to shout out here before we keep moving on, and that is from Professor Lilith, our Sunday multiplayer meetup game cat. Uh, guys, just a reminder: if you're not on our Discord already, that's where the Sunday multiplayer meetups happen. They happen every single Sunday at 2 p.m. Eastern, uh, and you get to pick which games. Uh, Professor Lilith puts up a poll; you get to vote which games uh, get played, and then at 2 p.m. Eastern, 
Everybody joins up on Discord, and you get to play games together with the coolest community on the face of the planet. With the $5 tip, Professor Lilith writes, the Sunday multiplayer survey is now up. Unfair unfair matchup this week. Do you want to play No Man's Sky, Pavlov, or Synth Riders? 2 p.m. Eastern, March 26th. Do you, do you have a vote on this, Dan? No Man's Sky, Pavlov, or no Synth Sky, Riders? Pavlov, Synth Riders. Oh, I'd go with Pavlov. Dude, me too. You and I jumped into some Pavlov yesterday. I was uh, I was trying to get yes, played for the review. I think I played for about five hours total yesterday. I was terrible. I was so bad. Elvert killed everybody. Yeah. Elvert and Geisen, like, I mean, just absolute nightmares to play against. <laughs> yeah. But good stuff, though. Did, Those... you get the, did, you, did you get the footage of Elvert in TTT being the uh, the bad guy like eight times in a row? Yeah. <laughs> Like, that shit was hilarious. Right? It was constant. <laughs> I was like, oh, man, poor Elver. Just always the bad guy. <laughs> um, but, man, but, yeah, for real, though, like, we, I mean, there are, what, 10 different game modes in there. And uh, and we got in there, and everybody was super nice and took the time to explain how each of the modes worked for me. And then we kind of, like, we, we, and, we could, and we just played each of them to death, it felt like. Um, what a good game that is. What a good game. Yeah, there's a lot in that game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think, yeah, I think that's what I would vote for, man. But you know, you guys are, uh, you guys do your thing. Nihilist Ryan. Yeah, we're not supposed to influence the b- vote, Brian. We're ruining. Sorry, sorry, well, sorry. We're influencing the vote. We didn't mean to. Be so we wait, broke it. We but, broke the game. Cat, well, but, but Lilith, <laughs> Lilith said it was an, un, it was an unfair matchup and I don't know who, who, uh, oh, okay. who, who they expect to, to win because, because maybe Pavlov is the most popular. So maybe that's the, I just figured no man's maybe. sky would be the one that everybody'd be voting for. But then, like synth riders, you can get a bunch of people in too, and like with the with the uh, sense controllers, that game feels better than ever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I I don't know. Yeah, it's a tough call. I'm, I'm voting Pavlov. <laughs> I'm still voting Pavlov. <laughs> I'll vote Pavlov too. Nihilist Ryan, the game feeling with the five dollar tip says to the top sequel idea, to the bottom, a parkour descent into hell's abyss. I remember that that game was made. They made this game, and do you know who made this game? No. Alchemy Labs. What? Yeah, they way back. It was the first game ever published on Steam for VR. Also, it was called Ah for the Oculus, and it was a skydiving game. Oh where wow! You're like or base jumping game. It was a base jumping game where you're like jumping off buildings and and stuff. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, definitely surprised to hear that. Uh, I mean, but there like one of the uh, one of my favorite levels into the top starts you uh, above a giant pit. And you have to jump down and like leap off of different mushrooms and shit um, in order to get to yeah. the bottom, you know, without it's the volcano. Dying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I love that one because going all the way down was fun, then having to get back out was fun. Um, so I don't know. Yeah, the, the the jump to the bottom is almost as much fun as the jump to the top. Uh, Unintended Studios with five dollar tip says, "As a gun enthusiast, I'm really bummed that I don't find any enjoyment from Pavlov. But on the other hand, I also love Switchback." Uh, even more than Russia Blood. Even more. Um, it's, Interesting. It's what makes us... I haven't played Switchback yet. Ooh. Um, I don't. I wonder why he didn't like uh, Pavlov as a gun enthusiast. Because Pavlov does the. It does some simulatory kind of stuff with the guns. That's pretty good. Uh, so. Yeah, I mean, I. I would recommend not doing what I did and just jumping in there with a bunch of people. Uh, I would recommend going into Pavlov and playing by yourself. Go to the gun range. This is what Nick Mulo told me. Like when it was too late apparently um go to the gun range and learn to reload all those weapons on by yourself there's going to be somewhere you just like this is just going to take a few minutes to figure right. out right because i'm so used to like hitting a button and have the clip or the magazine just eject 
right? But not all of them work like that. Uh, you actually have to. I, yeah, I was really hand impressed hand. with the. Uh, yeah, the saw is great because the saw you have to you have to open the uh, the uh, the chamber. You have to open it up, take the old belt out, put the new belt in, get the bullets all lined up, put the thing down, rack the bolt. Like it's it's got the whole thing for reloading the size. Like that's really good. You spent some time in the military, Dan. How how accurate did you find yeah. these things? Um, not like not like super accurate, but accurate enough to where it's like it gives you the feeling, right? And I think that's the important part, right? Like it's kind of like the way I like to think about stuff like this. A little bit like Guitar Hero. Like Guitar Hero doesn't. You're not playing a real guitar. But when you get into it, you kind of feel like, yeah, I'm playing this song, you know? Um, and I think that that's kind of what Pavlov does a pretty good job of, of doing that. Like, it gets you feeling like, oh, yeah, I'm good at reloading this thing. You know, I can wow, I can do a tactical reload super fast, right? Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I mean, as, a, as somebody who's who would never consider themselves a gun enthusiast or, or, or even somebody who's shot more than uh, his dad's BB gun when he was a kid, uh, I have no idea. But I will say that, uh, I didn't, I don't even think be, before VR, I, I didn't, or even at the beginning, I should say of PSVR one during the first few years, I was the guy who was like, like manual reloading just seems hectic and, right. and stressful. And like, this isn't, this is not it's, something I want to do in the middle of a game. Right. Like, I, yeah, it's still pretty divisive. There's still a lot of players that don't like it. Yeah. Um, they would rather just be able to push a button and have the animation go, mm -hmm. you know, or at the very most just have the, you know, the active reload, like what they did in, uh, Gears of War, where if you just push the button again at the right time, you get like extra powerful bullets or something like that's the extent that they want of the reloading skill, right? But other than that, they just want the animation. So yeah, it can go both ways. It's it's you know when you're making a, a shooter game in VR right now, that's one of the big things that you have to decide is how much reload is going to be manual, how much it's just going to be automatic. You know that sort of thing. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, thank you know I don't know. Thank God for VR and thank God for all the games that uh, without parole has made me play uh, just by you know being the guy that has to play everything because <laughs> I, I don't I really don't think that uh, I would ever have come around but I think like fract was a nice happy medium right where it actually had the clip like right push right below yeah. and like you did a yeah. minuscule part of the actual reload but like you did um, and then I don't know Arizona Sunshine had a cool system where you still had to you had to release the magazine but you just went you put it on your hip oh, and gym. then you boop, boop, and then you get a magazine yeah after the fall still does that as an option which is nice um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I kind of fell in love with the idea of, you know, once you learn most, most, most games don't have nearly the number of weapons that, uh, Pavlov does. And so, you right. know, so, so most games you will have to learn how to reload five, six, seven different guns, weapons at the most. Um, Pavlov is just like a, a totally different beast where I was like, man, I did not fucking prepare for this multiplayer session at all. Did you, did you do the tank? Did you play in the tank? Yeah. Yeah. Did, did, reloading the tank was nuts. <laughs> I loved it. Like that was awesome. Right, and how and how many people are in the tank? Like one person's uh, one, three driving it. One person's yeah, machine gun. You have a driver, a gunner, a machine gunner, and then the the guy in the actual gun turret. Yeah. Yeah. Also, sorry, this footage that's been playing is just absolute garbage. It's like so dark. Whatever level I'm playing right here is so dark that you can't even see what's going on. So. Uh, my apologies. <laughs> uh, not sure. Brando with the five dollar tip says, "Great show as always. You guys rock." Dan, you always rock. Thanks for being here, Brando. Brando, you rock. Yeah, uh, yeah the, like I, I'll probably I'll probably reiterate this before the show's out, but um, but but there almost wasn't a show today. Obviously, uh, me and Wes didn't really get our uh, our signals were crossed basically until the last minute. Didn't know that he wasn't going to make make the show. He's at GDC, um, and then uh, and then my backup. Was uh, was Albert because like I said we wanted, we wanted to get him on the show and talk about uh, Ghost of Tabor 
uh, or Tabor, <laughs> and, uh, and, mm-hmm. and I just didn't have time to prepare for that episode. Like, I want to make sure I watch all of his footage and, and know what he's going to talk about and ask all the right questions, um, which, again, we will do soon. But, uh, but, but then, you know, somebody suggested Danby on the show, and he was you, – dude, you were enthusiastic enough to do it that I was like, all right, man, like, fuck, yeah. fuck my headache. Fuck this my, is all my fault. This yeah. is, so, I broke everything. Sorry. So you guys can thank, uh, thank Dan for the show today. <laughs> the last thing I wanted to do was cancel two shows in the course of one week. That's – I hate canceling shows. It's the worst. Um. MRI Gamer with the $5 tip says, I didn't like Pavlov the first hour, but once I got used to the controls, it's in my top five VR games. Yeah, I think it has. Yeah, it's that. It. I think the reloading and just the manualness of it is a little bit. It's got. It's like this curve that's a little steep right there at the beginning. Yeah. But once you get into the flow of it, it's like, oh wow, yeah, this actually is a lot of fun. Yeah, but it takes a, it takes a minute to get into the flow. Yeah. Yeah, and it's not just the weapons either. It's 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 the fact that there's ten different game modes, and so you jump into one, and you go, wait, what what right. what do we do in this? Like TTT, I, I imagine. Yeah. <laughs> will be really fun when I get used to it. But holy crap, dude, like that is Among Us, but with like so many more rules, right? It's almost, it's it's cl- it's way closer to Werewolves Within than Among Us because there's just so many roles and so many things you can do to kind of like figure yeah, out. Well, yeah. the interesting thing about that is that it's got all these, you said, did you say roles or rules? Because roles, it rolls. Okay. I thought you said rules. Cause I can say it actually almost has no rules, right? Like, <laughs> The game itself has these rules, but it doesn't enforce any of them. Right. And so you can just kind of do whatever you want, which is great. Like, that makes it so much fun. Yeah. Um, we have a, a follow-up from Unintended Studios for the $5 tip. says, if Pavlov let me adjust the placement of things and swap the trigger and grip controls, I'd probably like it uh, with one of those DIY aim controllers. Uh, I agree. I do think there's a learning curve there with because sometimes you use the grip, sometimes you use the trigger. And it, so it doesn't feel like all the other games that we've been playing on PSVR 2, right? It's like the, the controls right. don't fall in line with the rest of those. So I, I, I understand that. Yeah. 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 We were talking about this too. And I think, I think the reason why is because some of the weapons are real small spatially. Mm-hmm. And so the control points on the weapons are real close together. So if you were just using the grip button for everything all the time, you'd be accidentally grabbing the wrong things. And so I think that the solution was, okay, so I'm going to use the grip button to grab the weapon. So you only have the two grab points. And then when I reload or, or do something with the weapon, you know, you know, reloading or racking the bolt, I'm going to use the trigger. So that way I can't, you know, it sort of separates the, the interactions out a little bit. I think that's why they did it. But yeah, you're right. Like it took me a while to figure out, oh, I have to use the trigger to grab my magazine. Okay. Once I figured that out, yeah, it was getting a little bit better, but yeah, it would be, nice if you could if you could just use one grip for everything but yeah i could i I also see why they why they wouldn't do that yeah for sure Um, as far as the placement of things i think there are some options in there to move the belts around a little bit if i remember right and there's also a thing in there for if you're using the um like a pro tube type stock or whatever so that you can adjust the position of the gun according to how your stock is set up. Yeah, it's funny. I did see uh, I did see somebody play testing Pavlov um, with one of those stocks. Like that's how they were selling it on their video, um, and it looked pretty seamless. It looked pretty cool. So, uh, as, as somebody who's not really interested too much in those gun stocks uh, because of Pavlov, I think I'd be really curious to see how it all feels. I- I would. I'm waiting a little bit for the stocks because right now all the gun stocks. So they. um, Sorry. Not at all. Sorry about that. 
Um, but right now, all the gun stocks that I've seen go over the top. They go over the top of the controller mm-hmm. like this, yeah. which isn't that bad because the controller is pretty big. So it shouldn't occlude the tracking too much, but I'm waiting for the stock that comes on the bottom so that it's not occluding the top of the controller at uh, all. I get um, it, so yeah. that way it has better tracking. Yeah. Interesting. Very interesting. I wonder... I... Do you, do you think that just hasn't been made because that hasn't been thought of as much? Like because just because of where, just because of where I you think it's harder. Assume? Yeah, I think it, it might be just harder. But uh, ProTube said that they have some cups coming out for PSVR two, and their 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 controller is on the bottom. Okay, um, and their and their cups are magnetic, right? So on the Oculus, the cups go on the bottom, and they click click when you put them in the ProTube. Um, so if they're making cups for that for PSVR two, I'll, I'll probably wait for that one. Uh, Dinko Malenko says, I'm sure Pavlov is cool and unique, but it's a little too much for casuals to enjoy. If you aren't completely comfortable with the reloads, you will get continuously owned. I, I think that's why it's, I, I think that's why it's so much it's fun true. to go in with your friends, right. And like, and, and kind of go in with friends of a similar skill level. It's a 10, per, 10 people lobby, 10 person lobby. And well, there's also, there's also kind of co-op modes, isn't there? Almost yeah. like you can play some of the modes that are more co-op. Um, and that might be more friendly for you it would be it would be nice if their bot modes are hard like the bots are just hard in that game they've got them cranked up pretty high um but there's the shoot house which is also you know you, you don't you can take your time and stuff in there to learn everything but yeah you're right just jumping in the game it's it's a it's a little bit like call of duty right now right like if you tried to play call of duty off and you haven't played it before you jump in you're just going to get owned so yeah. It's also it's also worth saying that like you know just if, with a little bit of time like I, I don't when it comes when it comes to first person shooters when it comes to games like this you know especially when it comes to military shooters that take themselves fairly seriously uh, I, I consider myself very much a casual gamer uh, you know the only reason I'm getting in there and reviewing it is because it's a game that you know I I think our community is very much interested in and uh, and turned out to be really really fun so I'm happy about that but like th- that means yeah there's, there's a huge learning curve and something to figure out. Um, but I don't, but I, I don't think it's something that's too much to figure out. Um, especially when you look at this, there's, there's, there's one game mode and it, wow, we really went off on a tangent on this, didn't we? Uh, this is one game mode that's, uh, that you have to kill you, your guns swap out every time you kill somebody with one yeah. and you have to, oh, kill, that gets super <laughs> right. And you have to kill people with 30 different guns. Right. And so it, it really does. And it's almost like a puzzle. You're like, wait, I've never even played with this gun before. How do I reload this? And so it's like, not only you're running around trying to kill other people, but you're also trying to figure out how to fucking use the weapon that you've got. And so I think that's a puzzle that kind of goes away the more you play it. Um, but, it, but also if you're playing with people who are on the same level playing field as you first time in Pavlov, like you're all kind of doing this shit at the same time and helping each other out. And I think it's ridiculous and fun. Um, so I, I would say, I would say, take your time. Uh, uh, Geisen says tornado sighting. I can't even see my computer screen right now because she is take. Yep, oh. she's. Yep, yeah, that's she's just it. completely in my view. <laughs> so, um, all right. I think we got to move on to the next topic. In the next topic, I mean, dude, I had to I had to double check and make sure it wasn't April first when I saw this news story because, dude, <laughs> Polyarch, Polyarch announced today on Twitter. That they're working on a new game, and well, they announced wasn't it yesterday? I thought they announced it was it was was it yesterday? because I saw it in a video. I swear I saw it in a video. It might have been yesterday. Anyway, yeah, it was recently announced. Okay, um, so it, yeah, this might have been yesterday. Let's see, March 
21st, yesterday, you nailed it, uh, 9.58 a.m. Uh, and I didn't see this till today when somebody posted it in our news channel. They posted, so what have you been up to at Polyarch Games? You know, just developing a competitive multiplayer VR game that we can't wait for you to play test in a couple weeks. Sign up here, and then they give you the URL. Um, Dan, what is it? What is it with developers? <laughs> oh, okay. I thought you were going to ask me, what is this game? I don't know. <laughs> uh, well, first of all, what do you think this game is? Like, it looks like it's in the world of Moss, right? Like, it looks like right. characters that would yeah. fit right in so, with Yeah, Quill. just from the screenshot here, mm-hmm. it looks like you're playing as the same character you always play in Moss, right? Mm-hmm. So you have your hands as the little glowy spheres, and then you're controlling mice and, I guess, battling them with other players. That's kind of what it looks like to me. And so it looks to me like it's going to be Moss... You know, with that uh, that sort of top down view, um, but with multiple people around, and you're just, you know, remoting, controlling your mice around, and so it's mice battles. It's this mice fighting. So should this be illegal? Like how? Like this seems bad. Uh, it does. It does feel like that. <laughs> it does. It, <laughs> it it seems wrong, dude. Like it does. Like it. Moss is the Moss games so far have not really been about. Um, you know, like combat, combat, right? Like there, there is certainly, uh, there's certainly brawler type elements, you know, Quill is not unequipped. She, she has a sword and, uh, and, and she beats the crap out of like robotic beetles and stuff, but like it, just to have a competitive game, the, the question I've got, Dan, is what the fuck is going on? Uh, the studio obviously, you know, makes makes great games, high quality games, uh, single player adventure games, uh, and it just the second I saw this news, it just reminded me of Impulse Gear and what happened with Farpoint. With Farpoint, they made this amazing single player, story driven first person shooter that everybody was drooling over, saying, "When do we get more, more Farpoint 2? Uh, and then they and then they announced their next game, which was Larsenos, which was a hero shooter, multiplayer hero shooter. Do you think there's this drive in the VR world uh, to just go toward the thing that's most popular right now, which is obviously multiplayer games? Or, or, or do you think that this is actually something like that they could be passionate about over at Polyarch and say, well, we really want to stretch our legs and do something different now that we've done two very similar games over the last six years? Think. Now, this is just me totally guessing. Of course. I think Polyarch is passionate about this project. I think that this is the thing that they want to do. Um, that's what I think. When it comes to what happened with Impulse Gear and Larsenots and stuff like that, I think, again, this is just me guessing, that Impulse Gear's, um, how they do their stuff in their studio is more like they pitch out like you would traditional publishers, and then they get funded for projects based on those pitches, right? right. And I think they got funded by Sony to do Farpoint, and I think they got funded by uh, Meta, Oculus, Facebook, whatever it was at the time, to do Larsenots, right? Um, and so I think that's what's happening there. I think I think I think that Polyarch is at a point where they get to make what they want, um, and this I feel like this is what they want to make. Um, yeah. Good. I mean that that is by far. But again, I'm just guessing. I don't know anything, so yeah, no, <laughs> it's just a guess. <laughs> obviously, same here. Uh, is, it, it, that is by far a a more reassuring and more positive. Uh, outlook than I had when I first saw this because you know it I just I just don't know like I I feel like every single time a developer puts out a game that is single player 
the, the the very first response I see on Twitter is is there co-op is there co-op when when are you adding co-op like even if they didn't mm. announce it that that was something that was in on their roadmap the very first question is always when are you adding co-op as if it was just like every developer wants to make a co-op game and they're gonna just patch it in eventually um, and so I, I feel like just that's that's actually a really good point I didn't think about that when I saw this I was thinking that this game was going to be a PvP thing, but you're right. This might be a co-op thing where you're four players together um, co-oping in, in, in the Moss world. Well, I did, I did call this a PvP game in the, uh, in the headline to the video because they, did, they said competitive in this tweet, right? It does say competitive. You're right. Yeah. But it could be... Okay. I don't know. I haven't, so I have no idea. I have no idea. And it's just... Your long shadow says, "Ugh, that clip! Stop trying to make me cry about Farpoint, Brian." Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, Farpoint was great. Yeah, which which I like Farpoint. I mean, we can't talk about Farpoint without saying what the fuck is going on at Sony? Where the hell are all these PSVR two remasters? At least announced that they're coming, right? Farpoint, everybody's golf VR, Wipeout Omega Collection, the Persistence. I mean, Astrobot. Obviously, there are so many first party Sony games that were just like, well, where the hell yeah. are these? Right and I, and I and I well wonder. I mean maybe there's just no developer to do the updates for them you know um, I think I think the only one that really stands out to me that should definitely happen and I think that they have the resources for would be an Astrobot um, I would that's the one that makes the most sense to me I think some of those other games are old enough where you know those projects and those IPs have been sidelined um, and those studios have moved on to do different things or whatever. But yeah, Astrobot makes the most sense to me. I would, yeah, I don't know. This there was okay. So we were talking about the launch, and it's been a month since the launch. Mm-hmm. And I think this interesting thing happened with the launch, where the big marquee title was Horizon. Um, they kind of, in my opinion, botched the marketing on Horizon. I think a lot of people got that and were very surprised that oh, this is a game about climbing. <laughs> like, right. I don't think that they were expecting that. I think they were expecting like, oh, this is a Horizon game. I'm going to be hunting, you know, machine monsters. And, and they're like, oh, no, no, this is a game about climbing. But the games that seem to be, I don't know, resonating the most with not just players, but also some of the bigger review outlets has been like Resident Evil 8 and GT7. Um, I don't know. I just I think that's really interesting. Uh, anyway. Yeah. Sorry. The chat is all over the place, too. Um, game Cat Chicago says, why not update Farpoint? Uh, there's no reason not to update Farpoint. Farpoint was a great game then. It would be a great game now. Uh it, so this is interesting because when we, we we didn't mention while talking about Picture Up 1978 that in a tweet earlier today, I believe, maybe it was yesterday, who the fuck knows at this point, um, uh, Anna Rivera was asked about what about the other games? What about what about the first two Picture Up games? Aren't those going to come to PlayStation yeah. VR 2? And she said, yeah, or maybe it was Avery. I don't remember whose Twitter account it was on. Uh, but they said, yeah, 1995, a, a, a small dedicated team uh, in our company is working on bringing 95 to PSVR 2, right? And so I, I, so I don't think it, as far as resources go, I don't think it takes, and I'm obviously talking to the right person here, maybe you can answer this, <laughs> like it doesn't take the entire studio years to port these games over, right? I mean, so you've got all these amazing IPs and all these amazing yeah. games that got great reception and now maybe a, a potentially a bigger audience to enjoy them uh, that were PSVR 1 exclusives. You don't need to get all of London Studio to bring to, to get Blood and Truth over to PSVR 2. You don't need all of Asobi to get the first Astrobot game over to PSVR 2, right? You can, you can 
designate a small group of people within that team to say, hey, work on this over the next few yeah. months and let's make this happen. Yeah, I, I see. I, yeah, I see what you're saying. But the thing is, is that somebody has to do it, mm-hmm. right? And sometimes with those teams and with those studios, they've moved, like I said, they've moved on to something completely else. They just don't have anybody to do it. And so the best way to do it would be to hire a third party instead, right? Yeah. Or something like that. Um, and a lot of studios do that. Actually, that was a thing that happened a lot on PSVR 1, where there was, what was it? Uh, what was the name of that studio that did Tarzan and stuff? They went VR up Monkey. a bunch of different... VR Monkey made it. VR Monkey, They did yeah. Break the Oblivion Afterlife. They did Windlands 2. They did, yeah, they did Tarzan. Uh, so yeah, they, they made a name for themselves being a pretty damn good port studio. And so I, I just yeah. don't know who does that yet for PSVR 2. Um... White Moon Dreams, I guess. (laughs) I mean, yeah, right? White Moon Dreams is really good at porting Saints and Sinners games to PSVR 2. So, yeah, I don't don't know if anybody's really set up specifically for PSVR 2 ports. But I I, I think that with some of those titles that we're talking about, bringing them over, it would be, you know, it just might be the case where there's just nobody left at the studio to do the port. And so it would have to fall. You know, if they decided to do it, uh, they would they would look for a partner to do it. Yeah. It just seems like such a no-brainer to me. And, and Mark Smith actually hits on something. And again, boy, we just fucking ignored this run of show. I love it so much. Um, Mark Sorry. Smith hits on something. No, this is this is this is this is the only time games cast turn out good. Is when we just go, whatever, man. Let's just let's just talk about <laughs> what the yeah. let's just talk about whatever they want us to talk about. Let's talk about whatever chat wants to talk about. Right, Mark Smith. Oh, uh, Tiff's in the chat. Hi, Tiff. I'm at work right now. Oh. Tiff, if anybody asks. <laughs> um, Mark Smith says everybody's golf, but with multiplayer. And so these, this to me at least would be a great yes. reason why we haven't seen some of these games because games like everybody's golf was a fantastic golf, almost sim, to be honest with you, the way that it felt. Um, but, but it was absolutely missing uh, good stuff. Like we needed more courses. We needed multiplayer support. We needed also like a nice online lobby would have been cool to like hang out with people while you were getting shit set up. Um, and then, but instead all we got were like DLC caddies that you could go on dates with. And that's like the thing we didn't want in that game. So like to go kind of back to the drawing board and, and sort of redesign this game a little bit using some really great fundamentals would have been awesome. So maybe, maybe some games are getting a little bit more of a special treatment or maybe I'm just being way too optimistic. I, yeah, I'm sure that there are some. Um, we just—it's just hard to to guess which ones they're going to be, right? Yeah. It's probably going to be the ones that you wouldn't even expect. Like, oh wow, they did that. Oh, okay, interesting. It's going to be an interesting next year or two. I'm I'm, I'm really excited about it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Res- Resident Evil Seven and the persistence with sense control support to actually finally get away from the controller uh, would be top tier PSVR two games for me. Uh, Chrome Colossus with the $5 tip says Polyarch said that they've been dreaming about doing this from day one. So I trust at least that they are passionate about it. That's good to hear. It's really good to hear. Uh, Unintended Studios with the $5 tip says I'm still sitting here holding, <laughs> holding. I love reading tips before I read the tips uh, in my head. <laughs> I'm still sitting here holding the bag, hoping Smashbox Arena or something similar comes back. It died too quick. That was a big box studios, right? Who made Smashbox and they went yeah. on to make Pop One and then got acquired by Meta, right? They they were Meta yeah, studio. They're acquired by Meta, yeah. which doesn't mean anything, right? Anymore, like it, once upon a time, it would probably yeah, be it like. Seems like. Yeah, it seems like some of the Meta stuff has come over. Stuff that has been, I guess the the stuff that we have seen on PSVR two hasn't been Meta. They've been Meta exclusives, but they don't. They're not owned by Meta, but they were funded by Meta or Oculus at some point, right? Um, 
and I guess maybe published even by Oculus Studios. So, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't expect a pop one on PSVR two. I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I feel like I wouldn't count. <laughs> I wouldn't count anything out. You know, the fact that Sony allowed uh, Endeavor One to port Camouflage's Iron Man VR over to uh, over to Quest. The fact that we got Star Wars Tales from the Galaxy's Edge. The fact that Beat Saber uh, is has been announced for PSVR two. I feel like. I feel like this means that behind the scenes, like there's a probably a pretty decent working relationship. There's all kinds of deals. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah, and we got E3 coming up, and I'm sure there'll be more deals. I'm, I'm, yeah, I ha- we had this conversation before, and I don't mean to derail it too much, but I'm super curious to see what happens with E3 because I'm. It would be interesting if E3 becomes like a meeting place for VR devs, right? Because E3 used to be pretty exclusive, especially for like super high-end, AAA stuff. And now a lot of those players aren't going to this show anymore. But it's like, but guess what? We haven't had a VR show in years. Um, maybe E3 is the place to go to like make those connections and do that networking. So I'm curious to see what happens after after April. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <sighs> Dan, it's time to talk about the main topic of the show. And that is... Uh... And that's, dude, it's been one month since PlayStation VR 2 came out, and it's been one hell of a month, too. It has been, it's been chaotic, dude. Like, I mean, as far as, as, from my perspective, at least, it's been chaotic, uh, you know, getting, getting the PSVR 2 headset, uh, day one, no lead time, uh, and then just being, having 40 games to, to, to figure out how to drop in your lap. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was, it was, it I mean, it was exciting, right? It was, it was, for me personally, it was the first time I'd been excited about VR, you know, like PSVR one was something I was extremely excited about. It changed the course of the entire channel, right? Because we were covering retro games, we were covering flat screen games, and then PSVR one came along, and I was like, guys, I know we're going to lose all of our subscribers if we only focus on PSVR one, but that's all I want to talk about, right? And so that worked for like four years for me, maybe four and a half years, and then during the last year and a half, it was like, man, this is a fucking drag to cover. <laughs> like, <laughs> this is this is really difficult to to stay excited about something that like really is just dragging its feet uh, on its way to its grave. Um, and so then PSVR two came around, man, and I was absolutely fucking blown away. And like re it reignited my passion for VR, reignited my passion for kind of gaming as a whole. To be honest with you, um, where, where where were you with this? Because you kind of been playing as a developer. You're, you're not, you know what? I want to set the stage for this real quick. I, I, I know I just set that up as a different question, <laughs> but I want to set the stage up because I'm really, I, I really like you, Dan, for multiple reasons. But one of the reasons I like you is because we talk to developers so frequently around here who are VR developers, but we talk, we, we say, well, have you played this game? Have you played this game? Have you played that VR game? And they haven't, right? And I feel like you have played a more diverse set of VR games, uh, even, even so far with PSVR 2 than I have. Uh, and, and you just play a lot of shit, right? I, I don't know about that, but yeah, I, I, I do, I play too many games. Yes. Okay. So, so, established. so, so, so I, and I love you for that, right? Because, because you're able to like take that information, bring it into the games that you're making, right? So, so, so that when Behemoth comes out or, or when, you know, uh, Superkit comes out, people won't be asking, well, why didn't you do it like this game does it? Because you've probably already played those games oh, and, and they'll, figured they'll out. They'll always ask that. People will always <laughs> ask that. It doesn't matter. Yeah. But as some, but as a, Tips in the chat. She knows. Ask her. <laughs> but as a developer who's played a ton of VR games uh, and continues to keep up with VR games, how was the PSVR 2 launch for you personally? Um, it was gr- Oh, man, it was great. Like, Because I, I didn't get to play very many PSVR 2 games ahead of time, right? Um, like I, I had, I had a dev kit 
Um, and I had Superkit on there. And then later, you know, when I was working on uh, Skydance stuff, I was start to able to play some of the Skydance stuff. But I didn't get to play any of the other games, right, ahead of time. Um, so I was in the same boat as you. Like, when, it, when, it, when the hardware dropped and the games became available, now I can play them. Um, and so, yeah, it was, I was just going nuts. I was just driving my wife crazy because I've always got this blindfold on my head. Um, and she wants to play Elder Scrolls online. <laughs> and she's always asking me, come with me to this dungeon. I'm like, no, I can't. I'm, I'm fighting uh, Lady Dimitrescu right now. I, I can't do it. Um, so, uh, yeah, no, so it was great. Yeah, I think, the, I think the launch was really good. It was, it's been a lot of fun. It's still a lot of fun. Like, there's still tons of stuff for, for me to go and play, which is great. Um, yeah, it hasn't really fizzled out after this 30 days, which has been, I think, it's, I think from my perspective, it's been good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it really helped that, like, you know, if anybody if anybody wasn't blown away by launch, which was crazy, because having three AAA games and tons of amazing other games there at launch as well, and the best versions of all these other ports like from Quest or PC, and that, this being the best way to play those games graphically from a control standpoint, immersion standpoint, uh, we, we really just, I mean, we were really spoiled, I think. Uh, it had been a long time since we had this many games to play. Uh, and then on top of that, they said, well, in coming in March, Saints and Sinners Chapter 1 and then Chapter 2, uh, Switchback, uh, we still have The Last Worker coming, Before Your Eyes, you know, a, an emotional VR experience. Like, it was just all of these things that were like, well, don't worry, launch isn't even done yet. We still have a full month ahead of us with all sorts of different things that you should be excited about. Um, so it really, I, I felt like they kept up the momentum really, really well, uh, so far at yeah. least. So far, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see how it goes going forward. I think that um, putting these 40 games, and, and some of these games are games that are already in people's library, which I think was super smart. You know, it's like, oh, that remember that Resident Evil Village or Gran Turismo or whatever? Yeah, you can play that in VR now. You don't even have to buy a new game. Just get, buy the headset, and now you have this game that you can play that's really great. Um, so I thought that was super cool. But yeah, I think that they did a good job of front loading things so that people will have a decent library all the way up until Christmas time. So that's what I'm curious to see what happens this holiday season. Like what games do we have coming out? What are we getting excited for? And then the announcements at the end of the year about games coming out either around holiday or just after holiday season. I, that's what I want to see. I'm like, I'm really excited to see what that's going to look like. So, yeah. When, when do you think would be the best time to announce this stuff? Like what, where do you see Sony, really hedging their bets and saying this this event is where we're going to announce stuff this event you know and, or do you think it's going to oh, be one big a, drop or do you think they're going to space it out that is a you know trying to predict what sony's <laughs> going to do with this has been just a complete non-starter right like all the things that you would think that they should do they haven't done um and it does really make you question like how how confident is sony in this part of their platform um, sometimes like up to leading up to launch, it felt really, I don't know, not depressing, but a little bit, you know, you, it was like, come on guys. Like we know that this thing is really cool and it's going to be great. Fucking tell us about it. You know, um, I don't know why they're, they're hedging so much on this stuff. So the, my answer to your question is, I don't, I don't know. Um, and I wish that I did, but if it was me when I would, so if it was me and I was doing like a big holiday market push, I would start in October. 
Okay. Yeah. October would be good. Yeah. So, so th- th- then I guess the big question is like, when the hell is this showcase going to happen? Right. I mean, obviously we're just guessing here. Is gonna, there going to be a showcase? And we're, yeah. yeah. We're going to guess yeah. wrong, no matter what we guess, whether we say it's going to be next week or, you know, even this year, uh, Sony will constantly prove us wrong. Um, but I feel like dude, dude, they've got 22 first party studios, 20 something, at least I'm, I'm it mm-hmm. keeps changing. Um, and we and all, and just a pl- so much great IP, just all kinds of crazy IP. Right. Yeah. And we don't know what any of them are working on. We know, like very, we know that there's a Wolverine game that's being worked on. Uh, what Spider Man Two? I, I I know. So- yeah, and Insomniac's a great one to talk about too because they've done some good VR games in the past. Yeah. They have like a library of games of VR that they did that were really good. So, yeah, what the heck? Yeah, it's. I feel like the I feel like the confidence is. Uh, is, is almost painful though, right? Like it's, it's this quiet confidence, but at, at a certain point it becomes like just ego fucking testicle, right? You're like, come on, come on. We, we have faith in you because of what you've done prior. Now remind us that that faith isn't, you know, that, that, that we should still Misplaced, have this faith. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So I, I, I'm, I'm very curious, man. I'm very curious because I, it could very well be that they're waiting for this whole Microsoft thing to blow over before they start saying, oh, and we have this exclusive and this exclusive and, and this exclusive. I've said over and over again, I hate this Microsoft thing. Yeah. It just, it does not make Sony look good. In my opinion, it does not make Sony look good at all. Like there's, there, I don't know. I don't know if we should talk about it, but. We can. Yeah, I don't, I, I think it's, I think it's a bad move on Sony's part. Um, I, I, I sit down and I think about it and I try to figure out what it is exactly that their motivation is behind this. And I'm not 100% sure. Like, I understand that they don't want Microsoft to just swoop in and, and buy up all the best studios or whatever. But at the same time, you know, trying to go down this this dying on this hill of Call of Duty being the, the one and only title that every platform needs to have on or whatever. I'm just like, this is a terrible thing. For you to say because you're just throwing one you're throwing all your other developers under the bus right and saying oh you guys just can't make a thing that's as good as this but two they're also throwing all their other ip under the bus right like they have tons of great ip that maybe could kind of compete with call of duty i don't know it's hard to, it's hard right because when you look at the numbers call of duty is always number one it's always at the very top all the time it's going to be selling the most it's making the most money blah 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 the question is that do they have to um, be that high, right? Like, can they look at some of the other, bless you, can they look at some of the other I turned, properties and I turned off my have? mic so they wouldn't know, and I switched scenes. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, anyway, I just, I, think it, I just think it makes Sony look bad, um, and instead of focusing on this, they should just be focusing on the content, right? Because they have such great content right now. Yeah. Um, and and I, I, in my opinion, anyway, and, and this is just an opinion, I don't have any data or numbers to back it up, but I think that um, they have the best content of any platform right now. Um, I, we'll see, right? Because the new Breath of the Wild game is coming out for Switch. Um, but it's been a while since Nintendo's put anything out. And Xbox ha- doesn't like Xbox's last couple attempts at getting really interesting IP out haven't been very good. Um, and so I think right now it's Sony and they should be leaning on that instead of trying to, you know, trying to do this other thing. I think it's just distracting. Anyway, sorry. I have a theory. I'm just, yeah. Okay. So, see, now let's run the game feeling in chat. Says Killzone, for instance. My theory right. on this is, is if Killzone was a, was a big seller for them, 
then we would still be seeing Killzone games. If Resistance was a big seller for them, we would still be seeing Resistance games. If Infamous right. was a big seller, yeah. SOCOM, et cetera, right. et cetera, et cetera, right? But you, you make a conscious decision to say that this team who's working on this, uh, we're either shutting you down because the game didn't sell enough or we're moving you on to something else because the game didn't sell enough. That's not something... Yes, talk to me. I don't think that's how it went with Killzone. I think that the I think that the switch from Killzone to um, Horizon for Gorilla was a choice that Gorilla made on their own. I don't think Sony told them they had to do that. If if that makes sense, right? It, it makes sense. I think that they could have kept making Killzone games and been fine. I just think that Gorilla didn't want to make them anymore. Interesting. I like it. I like that. I mean, I I, I the what I'll say in response to that is that what we know. Uh, about Sony first-party studios is that Sony's very... Uh, it seems like they're really easygoing if a, if a studio is passionate about a game yeah. that they want to make uh, and they say, hey, we, you know, we... They just let them do it. They let yeah. them do it. And they say, okay, yeah, man, like, like we, mm-hmm. we will keep an eye on you and we will and we'll continue funding this project. Uh, and they they seem very hands-off, which is strange because for a studio that seems like they want a lot of control over the way that a lot of things happen, they seem... They don't seem to act that way toward their first-party studios, which is really nice because I don't think the suits at Sony know how to make a good game. I think the developers at Sony first-party studios well, know how to make a game. It's not just that the suits don't know how to make a good game. They also know that they don't know how to make a good game, right? <laughs> That's good. And so, but this is really important, right? Because that means that they trust the other people that they've brought on to partner with to help them make the best content that they can, yeah. right? And that trust relationship is super important. And I think Sony has that, right? And I also think Microsoft has that, right? Like, I think that's why the studios that have recently been bought up under Microsoft that have been working with them have been, you know, they've been kind of making their own thing. Um, so, I, so I think it's super important to have that relationship, right? In the past, it didn't used to be that way. In the past, it used to be, you know, everything was top down. Um, and yeah, so, I, you know, just in terms of content and how things are going these last few years, I think it's going in the right direction. Right. So here's, here's a theory, and and I, I don't and I don't know if this is going to pan out or not. Obviously, there were there were rumors uh, about a Killzone VR game in development uh, over at Supermassive uh, now, like Ballistic Moon, like whatever. Oh, right. Same same kind yeah. of people. So like I do think that VR is a great place to revive some of these franchises. However, I think that what's been more popular and more profitable, I would I'm guessing, is when they do something like, hey Capcom, here's five million dollars, make a VR version of Resident Evil Seven, and we're going to. Uh, and we're going to use that to promote our new headset now. Yeah. Cause I mean, who's making, who's making a first party Sony game for $5 million? Nobody, nobody, not for 5 million. Right. No. For, and so yeah. if you, if you're able to give these studios $5 million to, to port your game over to PSVR two, uh, and, and now as we've seen with village, how you can make these things VRAF is like the people are raving about village in a way that they're not raving about horizon call of the mountain village exactly. is the, yeah. is probably uh, the game that people will point to as the VRAF launch title and just be- better from a gameplay perspective, because it was made as a full fledged game, not made for VR. And, and that's really why I think that hybrid games are going to be the focus, not, not just for Sony, but for third parties, this entire generation. And I think that's what we're, that, that, I think that's what we're looking at. They haven't revealed those things yet, but I'd be shocked if we didn't see far more hybrid games from third parties than we see from, than we see from first party Sony I, themselves. I really wish that you would have, if you haven't yet, I wish that you would give Senua's sacrifice in VR a try mm-hmm. because 
that that all those other games all of a sudden would just work in VR if you did it like that, right? God of War would work, Uncharted would work, like all those third person games would suddenly work. Um, as a, like you said, as like a hybrid thing, it wouldn't be VRAF, but oh my god, I don't know. I think it would be great. But anyway, yeah, I, yeah, that'd be cool. Like if if yeah, the next thing we hear after E3 is Naughty Dog's like, oh yeah, and Uncharted. Three is coming to VR or whatever. Um, you know, you, it's still third person, and I know a lot of people are like, "I want to be first person" or whatever. But man, third person games in VR, there's something special about that. Yeah, Hellblade: Senua's Sacrifice. Because the cool thing, I, I'm going on another tangent. Sorry, um, but I think a lot of the third person VR games that we've played have been this like miniature kind of perspective, right? Where like everything's small, or even Moss. Where Moss, the the scale of everything is correct, but everything's still really tiny, right? The character's really small. Right. Um, you play Astrobot, Astrobot's really small. Send you a sacrifice, it's all life size. You're still in third person, so you're like this sort of a floating camera behind Senua, but she's as tall as she is, you know, and you look or you're like, oh shit, okay, she's like right here. Now can you imagine playing Kratos like that, right? Where you're just standing behind Kratos controlling kratos with the thing like a lot of people are like i want my controllers and stuff in there but man i think that reworking all of god of war to make that work would be probably too hard like you that would be just a completely different game Mm -hmm. but if you wanted to bring god of war into vr just you know just doing it that way would get you there and then you'd have you'd get the environments you get to see all the cool animations um all the combat stuff still works the same yeah anyway sorry Tangent, I apologize. I agree with you. I agree with you, and I just think that they probably spent a lot of money making Call of the Mountain. Um, and, oh, yeah. And I, don't, and I just don't think it's necessary. I mean, there, there are obviously people out there who, who are dying on the hill of it, games for VR need to be built from the ground up for VR. Otherwise, they're just not going to be great, or they're not going to take advantage of VR, or this, or that, or whatever. And I just don't think that's true. I just, I think the best games that we've well, seen over the years have been the ones that have been ports of flat screen games. Uh, sure. Well, and my 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 answer to that quick: Why can't we just have both? Exactly. Right? We have great games for VR that are built from the ground up for VR, and we have these uh, these VR ports over here that are also really cool. And if you don't like those, don't play them. You know, just go and play the. Uh, you know, the other games over here that you like. Yeah. yeah. It's just the, the the issue is that it's expensive, right? It's just expensive and Sony might not never recoup their losses on something like a, a Call of the Mountain, depending on the sales of PSVR 2, depending on how many people yeah. buy their game. Yeah. Whereas if you, you're going to recoup your losses on a flat screen game immediately and then you spend, you know, a few more million dollars getting that to be first person VR, you know, which is separate from the conversation we were just having. Yeah. But then you give, then you give the VR folks what they want. You give the flat screen folks what they want and no one's losing money anywhere and uh and it seems like a pretty good compromise and i do think that that's what this generation is going to be all about it's going to be about compromise and about it's going to be a transitional generation of vr yeah where we see lots of hybrid games and i fucking hope Mm -hmm. that happens because i really want to play dead Island. well and i think hybrid's going to go the other way like in in some of my own personal experiments i've been realizing that like oh so i'm i'm building this from the ground up for vr but it could be a flat screen game too Mm. you know what i mean and so you wind up getting this hybrid thing that goes the other way where it starts off as a VR game, but then there's a flat screen mode. And one of the things that I'm always concerned about with making VR stuff is, is this going to make somebody sick? Is this going to make somebody sick? And something that I realized was that, oh, if there's a flat screen version of this, 
I don't have to worry about it as much because if somebody still wants to play this game, but they can't play it in the headset, they might be able to play it flat screen and 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 you know and play it that way without having to you know do the motion sickness or whatever. So that's another another way you can go. I love it. And in order to get us back on topic. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to read a couple uh tips from the community uh, who are uh doing I mean just awesome awesome thoughts here uh in uh in the chat. Uh but we're going to read the tips first. Dan the Game Cat's pajamas with $5 tip. Uh says I got a pop-up today showing cross-play invitations. Uh Sony seems to be embracing cross-play nowadays. Uh is this the best way to keep some VR games alive? Any thoughts on that? So do you think so? I mean, Sony came around big time on crossplay. It seems. What are you doing? Yeah, I mean, everybody did. Um, they kind of, they had to, right? This was a thing. This was a developers thing, right? This was a yeah, developers of really big games that were like, look, we can't keep separating our player base out amongst platforms this way. We need to be able to have them play. You know, when they play our game, they need to be all together. Um, and so, you know, it took many years, but yeah, everybody's on board with crossplay. Does crossplay help? keep the game alive it potentially could uh by increasing the player base especially if your game is a very multiplayer focused kind of thing tornado is very needy right now she's in my lap like <laughs> paw up on my chest and everything like i don't know what's going on she's she's not usually she's like, snuggly <laughs> yeah. i thought she was like isn't this over now you're done right like let's go play she's like i thought i heard you say you might not do this today Where, isn't this our that's time? right what's going on this is not what i'm signed up for yeah um, I, dude i think awesome. i think as far as the you know it, will it keep multi is it the best way to keep multiplayer vr games alive uh kind of piggybacking on something you said i think it's less about keeping them alive far more about keep, uh, keeping them from being doa i mean how many times did we see right. that right there were so many games last gen like no one even remembers saber or code 51 or well, smashbox was kind of like right that was one of the ones that got brought up like yeah. it had a pretty small player base and i think that was a big problem with it right it's a multiplayer only kind of game it lives or dies by having a bunch of people to play with and if they're just not there then you know what do you do yeah, yeah. agreed uh, I mean, it, the worst the, the worst one for me, I think, was Solaris because I I thought Solaris was great, man. I had a lot of fun with Solaris, and like, dude, two days after launch, the day after launch, I think, I couldn't find anyone to play with. Like, I went in with some of the other cats, and we still couldn't fill up a lobby. It was it was crazy. Right. And you saw first contact in every single stream, every single uh, games cast, every single stream on other people's channels, just giving away Solaris keys left and right, and they couldn't get anyone to play it, which was just nonsense but at the same time i don't think that was cross play so i think that's exactly uh what kept that from being from working well well i mean and and the other thing is you have to take into account is like you're competing with everything that anybody can play right fortnite right like how many people play fortnite and they're like i could play solaris or i could go play fortnite eh, i'm probably gonna go play fortnite. you know what i mean like oh yeah so that and that's a tough that's a tough thing too right it's just something that i have been concerned about for quite some time it's just like the quality of games that you can get for free now is insane. And so for indie developers trying to figure out how do I make my game so that some, so that people will spend three or four hours with my game when it has to compete with apex legends or something, you know, um, it's bananas. Yeah. Uh, we got retro Dre's game cat, retro Dre's game cat with the two euros says Dan is great to have you on the show. Great views. Thanks. 
Great to be here. So, so it's great you, to have you here. <laughs> Retro Dre is so used to my views and AJ's views and Wes's views and Miles' views. He's like, thank God, someone with great views. <laughs> Do I? I don't know about that. <laughs> like those guys have some pretty good views. <laughs> um. And we got Alberto Mapam, El Game Gato, with the 125 Mexican pesos. Supporting Daniel's comments on God of War VR being third person, I can't flail or flex my arms as fast as Kratos, so many of us playing could feel Kratos a bit slow or underpowered. Saludos, cats. Saludos! Yeah, it's true. Uh, I mean, you know, the, the thing I think we don't talk about enough of is VR is great, but it has major, major accessibility problems, right? People who it can, who, yeah. People who can't, who don't have full mobility of their arms and legs, you know, like so much. Dude, Pavlov doesn't have a people with one body. hand. This happened. This happened on to the top. We were demoing to the top, and we had an individual come to try to play it, and this person only had one hand, and we were like, how? We were like, okay, we have to try this. We have to see if we can make this work. And so what we wound up doing, and it did work. And what we wound up doing, because we were demoing it on the Vive, so we took the Vive controllers and put them like this. No way. And kind of taped them together. And then he was able to use the two triggers like this. <laughs> and so he could actually play the game with two with Vive controllers like that. But it did make me think about, like, there maybe there needs to be a one-handed mode for this game, you know? Um, and, and when you play with the DualShock controller on PlayStation VR 1, it kind of is like that. Because I take the hands and I artificially, like, glue them to where the controller would be. But really, it's just one hand that then controls both hands. And so, yeah, like accessibility stuff like that is definitely something that, that you have to think about. Like, can you do a one-handed mode in your game? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And that, that also, like, brings up the questions. Like, I mean, if if you were even bringing games into first person, like, say, say you were to do God of War in first person, um, could you still have everything work properly with the with the DualSense controller. I mean, the game works in third person that way. Shouldn't you be able to make it work in, in first person that way in VR? So like, it, as, as much as I think most of right. our audience uh, and a lot of people who like want as much immersion as possible, they want their hands in the game, there's still, a, there's still a huge sector of people out there who would like to be able to just fucking sit on their couch. This is how I was at the beginning of VR. This is why I defended RE7 to the death so frequently is because I'm a gamer, much more than I'm a VR gamer. Like, I, I fucking play only VR games these days, but I still consider myself very much a gamer at heart who wants to sit on his couch and just put the VR headset on and play a game. Like, that changed because I love the immersion so much, but, like, I loved Resident Evil 7 for that exact reason because I got to fucking go on my couch, put my feet up, and, and play and play a game. So. Well, I think that even, even now, like, RE8, you can play it. So I played a lot of RE8 sitting down. Um, just because it's such a long game and I get tired of standing, right? So sure. I just eventually sit down and you, you, it has a little tick box. You know, you say, am I seated mode? Yep, I'm in seated mode. And then, you know, you have the crouch button. All, you know, as long as you can move your hands around like this, the game works um, in, in seated mode. So, yeah, I think, yeah, I think, you know, but going back to accessibility, what if you're in a wheelchair, right? Like Pavlov, for example, does not have a crouch button. So if you want to move around as, as well as you need to in the game, you have to have at least enough space to physically, you know, crouch and stuff, which is great on PSVR 2 because with PSVR 1, that was really tough. Mm -hmm. um, but on PSVR 2, it's cool that we have this mobility. But 
I'm old and my knees hurt. And so last, you know, when we were playing, like after a while, I'm like, I can't, I'm just not crouching anymore <laughs> because I can't, it's hurting my knees. So, yeah. Um, yeah, so yeah, it's just, yeah. Um, and, but also to your point about um, getting uh, something like God of War into a first person, I think that's possible. You could do that. But it goes back to my previous comment about Guitar Hero, right? You just have to Guitar Hero it, right? You don't have to actually be playing the guitar. You just have to get it to where you're, it feels like you're playing the guitar, right? You get into that flow. Right. Um, I just think that with a game like God of War, getting to that point would take a lot more work than than doing the Senua Sacrifice thing. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Um we also got ZP here with the $5 tip says never said a goddamn word, but first time tipper with custom IPD. Is it hard to pass the headset between players? If not for beat saber, no one would visit me. <laughs> I don't, I don't know what's going on at ZP's house, man, but like apparently people are putting up some of his shit. So they go play beat saber. Um, Dude, I, I think I think the IPD shit is is really yeah. well done, right? It's super easy. You can just double yeah, double tap easy. the PlayStation button, go to change visibility, and fucking it's right there. <laughs> it's right there. Like it is about as easy as they can make it. Um, and so and dude, it was so yeah. They definitely yeah they definitely set up this headset for pass and play. Like it feels like that was kind of the what they wanted you to be able to do. They want you to be able to play a little bit and then give the headset to somebody else, and then they can play. It. So yeah. Do you also find this? Do you do you find your IPD just like the slider or whatever, or the or the distance between the lenses changing without you having no. changed it? No. Um, so this is a problem on the Quest that I because I have the Quest Pro, and the way you change the IPD on the Quest Pro is you just uh, you just move the actual lenses oh, like Jesus. this; they slide. Yeah. Um, and so when it's on my head especially if I'm playing something with like boxing or whatever, my nose actually pushes these guys apart, right? And then that's constantly changing the IPD. Having the mechanical wheel up here helps with that a lot because I, 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 I have noticed that it doesn't mess with my lenses nearly as much as like on this headset. Yeah. Well, what I've, what I've found is that um, like it doesn't seem to be happening during gameplay, Right, like my it, the lenses are not touching my nose. Whatever, I mean, uh, everybody has had their own experience with PSVR two, uh, and so some people say, "Oh, the lenses rest on my nose," and I was like, "No, no, no, that's that's what happened to yeah. me when I first put it on too, and that shouldn't be happening." And blah blah blah. But I mean, everyone's head is different. Everyone's shapes, you know, bigger nose, smaller nose. Yeah, I think. Around their head. Yeah, I have that. I have that problem. It, it like I I get it set up so that it's floating like it should be, but eventually the back part of it kind of slides. And then it's resting on me. And so I'm constantly having to push it. I, everybody just tells me, yeah, you got to wear one of those skull caps. And I'm like, ah, oh, I should do that. But I keep forgetting. <laughs> but yeah, it does. Like for me, I, and I know for a lot of people, this isn't a problem. I don't know if it's my hair or whatever. But yeah, it likes to slide down. Yeah. So I, I mean, I just don't know what it is because I've checked at the beginning of games and at the end of games. And it seems like the IPD is always where it's supposed to be. Yeah. And then, and then. Yeah, the IPD is always, yeah. And, and then, uh. Like I won't play it for you know for the rest of the day. I'll get up the next day, ne next morning, and then I'll and, and I'll be like, I'll be like, oh, well, something's off, and I'll check the IPD, and it's like way wider than it should be. And so I'm like, boom, 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 dial it uh, back in, and everything's fine. And it, it and sounds it, to me like you need to have a chat with tornado or the ghosts or the ghosts. Either yeah. way, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's when you're picking up the headset, you're accidentally bumping the the scroll wheel thing. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, maybe when I'm taking it off, yeah. maybe I'm. Yeah, maybe that's exactly what's happening. I got to be more conscious of it. Um. Yeah, <laughs> Danny Roebuck in the chat says you said you hated games until VR came along. <laughs> I don't. Th I don't think I said that. 
Wait, no, that's not true at all. Nope. Go back in the channel. Go back and watch the old videos. Nope. They're awesome. No, nope. so good. You should watch uh, what, I, what, I, what I said was that VR saved gaming for me. It saved my favorite hobby. Uh, Forty years of my life playing playing games. Ever since I was born, man, I played Atari Twenty Six Hundred, Commodore Sixty Four, NES, Super Nintendo, Genesis, all that stuff, man. Every generation, and I loved and I loved it. it my favorite hobby. And then games just started getting really stale to me. And then VR came along and saved that. It made them exciting again. And so it came along at just the right time, just the right time to save my yeah. favorite hobby. Um, so glad I could clarify Maybe that's that why so you. many old people playing VR were just old and jaded and they're like, <laughs> we need something new. Right? <laughs> VR gamers do skew older, man, just like our audience. So there you have it. Oh, and also, by the way, I did see your comment PZ earlier in the ch- show. He said, Brian, if you're aware that your community ages skew older... Why do you host a live stream at 6 p.m. Eastern? I'm still at work when these air. The people on the West Coast literally can't watch. Dude, I the the time for Gamescast initially came up when uh, when me, Dave, and AJ had to figure out a time that worked for the three of us. Um, and that was the only time. It was like Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern. And that was like the one-day week all of us had free. And then it just we just started doing it that time all the time. Um, and we can't do it later. Because the people in the UK and the rest of Europe are already in bed. As, as it is, it's too late for a lot of them already. Uh, and then, of course, right. we have Miles, who like stays up late just to get on the show. Right, he does, yeah. So if we do it earlier, then like even more people will still be at work. And so there's no, there's, the answer is uh, there's no winning. So I'm sorry, PZ. There's just no winning. Uh, I do my absolute best. Um, make- I, do, I do catch the show just on audio only sometimes, uh, right? If I'm driving or something like that, I'll just... I put it on my Bluetooth and just listen to it in the car. So, Dan, this brings up to, this brings us to uh, uh, the other half of of today's topic um, when we're talking about the PSVR two, the launch. I think we've both said that we're very very happy with the launch. That things have gone fairly well. Um, a few a few different things to get used to uh, with a new headset. Yeah, as always. I would say that there is a couple of software things that Sony probably needs to take a look at, but I think they're software things and they're going to get, they're going to get fixed. Nice. So I think, I think they will. Yeah. Cool. I, I, the, I, can, can, can this be a quick venting session about things that we wish would change? Sure. Do you want me to go first? I have, I can think of at least two off the top. Of All my right. Head. You go first. Cause I've got one, but I'll wait for you. Go ahead. So the problem, I have a problem with the tracking because it doesn't work well with the, uh, walls that don't have anything on it. Um, and the area where I play my PSVR 2 has like a big wall with nothing on it. I did put up some stuff up there, but it still like loses tracking in that area sometimes. Um, so getting that uh, fixed would actually be great. Um, the other thing is uh, the, uh, I know I know that, um, I don't know how many people look at uh, Bradley's stuff, but he did do a pretty deep dive into how the, the uh, persistence works on the PSVR two. Um, and after he did that video, I went back and looked, I was like, Oh yeah, no, he's right. This is actually a thing. So the default setting for the brightness shouldn't be that slider shouldn't be all the way up. Right. Uh, it should be like halfway as the default setting, right? Cause most people at. don't change it. Yeah. Most people don't change it. So it should just default to like halfway. Um, uh, the other thing, and then, and then there's like some wish list stuff that I'd like to see, right? Like, Right now, there's no environment. Uh, there's no like VR environment for you to be in mm-hmm. when you're in the home screen. So I'd like there to be like a, a, an environment that would be really nice uh, because we are in VR. But I I understand why they can't do that from a technical side or why it's really hard to do. But it, I wish I hope that it's something that they look at. Um, and then 
yeah, so I think that's about it from the software side. It seems like there was one other thing. Oh, oh, yeah, just the reprojection. Um, the reprojection is pretty. It can be really juddery. So, like, if you're playing a, a game that's sixty to one twenty, so Resident Evil is a really great example of this. And you just put your hand in front of you, and you just wave your hand back and forth like this. The reprojection is pretty strong. Mm-hmm. Like, you can see the the ghosting there from the reprojection. Um, and so, I don't know. That's that's all done in software. So, I don't know exactly what the software fix would be for that. But I, I, I hope or I wish that there's something they can do to, to help that out. That being said, I do think more and more games, we're going to see more and more 90 hertz games where they're just not using reprojection. Um, right, so. Right. I mean, I, I think everybody was thrilled with the way that Saints and Sinners looked. Um, it was like when we, when we all looked and we said, wow, the, you know, everything, this game is running at 90 FPS. It is crystal clear. It is, we're looking way off in the distance. Everything is, it just, it just shows us what's possible. Right. And I, and I don't, and I don't know if that has to do with Skydance or White Moon or, or, or who. Um, but it, but it's certainly showing us that this headset is capable of so, so much more than we've already seen. And, uh, seeing the responses from people who have played it on PSVR too, uh, everybody seems like they're on the same page. Everybody's being blown away by, like, wow, this is the best looking PSVR 2 game, which is shocking when you consider that we launched with Gran Turismo 7, Village, and Horizon. Um, but yeah, from a technical standpoint, holy crap, dude. Good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But those are my only gripes. Uh, Indie Soul, the PSVR 2 Love and Game Cat says, just don't shake your arms in front of you like that. <laughs> it's, a great, it's a great answer. <laughs> just don't, I, just don't do it. Stop doing it, Dan. Just don't do it. Just stop doing it. Well, the other problem is like, but you'll see it also when you're locomoting, right? Like when you're moving around and there's things that yeah. are kind of going past you or whatever. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Um, <laughs> it's too funny though. Holy crap. Um, so the, my my one my one complaint is that like I, I, leading up to launch, people were asking me like, oh, can can I use this in a room without a television? And yes. I, and I was like, yeah, of course you can. That's that's not technically true because a I think oh the setup requires a television. The setup requires one, but that's not, but even then, every so often, I will put on the headset, start without turning my TV on, and it'll say, take off the headset. And follow the instructions oh. on your screen, and to, and I'm like, what? What instructions oh, okay, on wait, screen? Wait, wait. Yeah. When it says that, yeah. it just has the OK button, right? So if you just take off your headset, push the button, and then put your headset back on, it doesn't work. Oh wow, dude, okay. I've, I have tried to get around this thing, and, and maybe maybe I'm doing something stupid. Maybe there is an OK button that I've missed somehow, but I've seen it multiple times, and it says take your headset off and follow the instructions on screen, and it, that doesn't go away until after you take your headset off. I go over to my television, turn it on because it, I wasn't going to use it. For this whole play session. Interesting. And then there's nothing on my TV except for the PlayStation 5 home screen. And I'm like, well, what the fuck? So it was just waiting for the menu to come up. And, the, and then I put my headset back on, and it's just like as if that message was never there. I was like, oh, Sony just fucking hates oh, me. that's so frustrating. Yeah. yeah, because I've used mine a couple of times with no TV hooked up to it. Um, like I've just taken my PlayStation 5 and moved it to a different spot and then put on the headset and used it. Yeah. And it didn't, didn't do that to me. But uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, that sounds like a software issue. Yeah, hopefully they'll get that fixed. It's it's just silly. Mako says Sony wants you to buy their television. <laughs> That's maybe, um, <laughs> maybe. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. Some people are saying they've never seen that before. Uh, Unruly Cat says I've got that an issue too. So yeah, it's it's happening to some people, not others. Which is, you know, obviously it does it doesn't seem like there's any reason for it. So I'd expect it to be a bug. 
Um, and bugs never happen to everybody. Um, oh, Brody says, no, it happens to me every time. It's not just you, Brian. Okay. Interesting. It sounds like it's a uh, hit or miss then. Uh, so one of the things I want to do, Dan, uh, was talk about some of these great games that we've gotten. You know, I said that not only did we get these amazing AAA games at launch, but we've also gotten a whole slew of other games uh, over the course of the, you know, from, from launch and, of course, uh, over the last month. Uh, and so I asked the community. I went on Twitter and asked them what's up, right? And uh, let's, I want to take a look at see what they have to say. Also, it looks like I've got some notifications I need to address on, on Twitter as well. Um so let's uh, let me bring this up. I, I said, while PlayStation VR 2 has been out a full month already, what's your favorite game so far? Now, unfortunately, uh, to, <laughs> to my chagrin, is the right word? Uh, Twitter only gives you four options. So I put the three big ones and then other. So let's, okay. so far, uh, 4,500 of you have voted. By the way, listen, 4,005. No, no, I'm sorry. 4,500 views, 929 votes. 929 votes, only 95 of you liked it? What is going on here? (laughs) Where's Miles when I need him? Like this fucking thing. They clicked one button, but they clicked the big button, but not the little button. Right. I I told them to vote, not to to like it. So, um, but anyway, so. Speaking of liking, you should like the video. If you haven't liked the video yet, like the video. There we go. I did my job. Thanks, Miles. You're the best. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, so t- let's see. 24% of the n- 930 people, 24% said Village. 17, almost 18% said Horizon. Uh, 36.5% of you said Gran Turismo. So of the three I listed, Gran Turismo is the clear winner. And then twenty one point two percent of you said Other and then commented below. Um I mean, I, 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 it's, I think it's hard to disagree with at least the big three. Uh, I think Gran Turismo is one of those games that's just shocking when it switches over to VR. Uh, I just, I just can't find fault with it. You know, there's, there's a people will point out LOD issues and stuff, but man, when you are racing, it's just not something I will ever notice. The mirrors work. That's amazing. The, the mirrors work. <laughs> yeah, I mean, have you, have you gotten to spend much time in Gran Turismo, Dan? I, I haven't I haven't spent nearly as much time as y'all, but uh, I have spent some time in it. And yeah, no, it looks great. It plays great. I'm just I don't know. It's too simulatory for me. Um, I it just makes me want to play Forza, uh, like Forza Horizon or something. Uh, but I think something like that will be coming, right? Like we'll definitely see some more driving games for sure. Yeah, I mean, it makes me want to play Ridge Racer. That, that that's the series. Oh, Ridge that, Racer, yeah, yeah, that series that made me fall in love with arcade racers, although not. In all fairness, the older folks of you out there will remember Test Drive and, of course, the original Need for Speed game. Oh, my game. God. Yep. Me and my cousin spent <clears throat> so much accolade. Accolades Test Drive. Dude, you Holy remember the beginning? Shit. It was the blue accolade, yeah. accolade label, logo yeah. with the little red dot that would go across the whole thing, the little red hyphen. And then you'd hear yeah. a voice and it would go, Accolade presents. Accolade. That's that's that never going to leave my so brain. Cool. Yep. I love that game. Yeah, I remember that. Accolade was not so, man. Whatever, did, are, they can't still be around, can they? I have no idea. I don't know. No clue. Um, so yeah, so dude, I'm 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 definitely. I mean, I've got this racing rig. I've still got plenty of gameplay to uh, to keep me busy in Gran Turismo. But yeah, I definitely want an arcade racer to keep me busy. Um, let's see. And next up was uh, Resident Evil Village with 24 percent of the vote. Uh, unbelievable. Uh, 
port or, or transition or whatever you'd want to call it into VR. Um, I, 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 it's just another reminder that like, I just can't stand cutscenes in VR. Like I, I'm, I'm becoming <laughs> older and grumpier by the day about this stuff. It's like, I, I just hate being stuck to the floor. They're all skippable. They're all skippable. Yeah, but I need to, I want to know the story. One of the story, oh, okay. right? And it, and it, and I don't think it really has anything to do with like because I, I was born and raised. I on... was just, su- I was just surprised at how many of the cutscenes they keep in VR. Yeah, right. Like some of them, they do the two D screen, but there's a lot of them where they're just like, oh no, yep, you're staying in VR. We're going on this ride now. Yep. Um, and I was like, okay, all right, let's do this. That's cool. Yeah, I'm, it's just, it's a silly thing for me to complain about. I just feel like I'm getting old. Um, it is I <laughs> because when I was a kid, dude, again, uh, Lucasfilm Adventure Games, Sierra. Anytime there was a cutscene which showed you some other action, PlayStation One games which uh, which gave you those like CGI introductions, yeah, pre-rendered. They, yeah. And someone would go on a really long time to tell you the story. I used to love that stuff. I used to love being like, I don't need to fucking play this. Like, I will sit here for five minutes and watch your shit. But dude, some something about VR has just gotten me going, come on, let's, let's go, let's go, let's go. I want to play right. this game. Let's keep yeah. it moving. And so that's changed everything for me. Um, but, 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 dude, it's... I, it's... Think, I think there's some fundamental changes to how we tell stories need to happen for, for doing that in VR. Agreed. We've had this conversation before. We have. We talk about it if you want to, but, yeah. No, I mean, it's just, it, again, it's, it's... I think they did... As far as Village is concerned, they did it in the best possible way they could have. They weren't going to, like, redesign oh, yeah, yeah. everything. They already redesigned enough. Uh, so the fact that, like you said, they allow us to stay in VR, we can turn our heads, we can look around, we can even, like, you know, use the uh, the analog sticks to turn. It's uh, it's, it's pretty impressive what they did. So I'm just, I'm just like I said, old and grumpy. Uh, and, then, uh, and then, of course, Horizon getting 17% of the vote. Um, it's, again, not, this is... I think this is a very, very clear indication as to like what people should be focused on this generation. Hybrid games instead of built from the ground up for VR games. I'm going to love me some built from the ground up for VR games. But man, if, if uh, Ghost Story games can make Judas in VR, if, if uh, 2K is able to get Bioshock in the VR, there's games I'm going to be way more excited about playing than, you know, I don't know, maybe a, I, I'm. I, you guys are about to kill me for saying this. I'd be more excited to play those games in VR than like a built from the ground up Uncharted game. I could, yeah, I don't know. Like, I think I think what it comes down to is it's just modern games, modern AA and AAA games have this layering of systems and gameplay that you kind of learn to expect, right? Mm-hmm. And so a lot of smaller studios that are making these, uh, you know, indie kind of VR games, they just don't have the resources to do all that. And so they have to kind of cut away and get down to the core of the thing that makes it fun. And so they're still fun, but they just don't have this, all these extra systems to engage with. And so when you play something like Village in VR, you're suddenly like, oh, wait, we get to have all these cool systems and it's in VR, you know? Yeah. Right. So, yeah. All right. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to scroll down here. We're going to read some of these comments and, uh, and and this this will kind of give us a good jumping off point to talk about a few of these games. Does that work for you? Let's do it. That's good because we didn't really plan on anything else. So let's do this. <laughs> um, so let's see. Uh, oh, Naughty, what's up? Is uh, is getting his headset back? He says uh, for, for repairs. So he'll let us know soon enough. Uh, Loopy says synth riders in pistol whip. These this is. I, I was not expecting to see PSVR one remasters uh, hitting the top of the charts here. I mean, those are just some people's favorite games, right? And so having them on the new platforms, like, yeah, yeah. that's my favorite game. I mean, and Pistol Whip, really. I mean, both of those games actually did a great job 
bringing them into PSVR too, using uh, the haptics, etc. Really good stuff. Uh, Cactus VR Studios and <laughs> it says my own game. So we have a vote for uh, Cactus <laughs> Cowboy, which is awesome. Uh, we, nice. I, I still haven't had a chance to play it. There's so many launch games I haven't even started. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. But, uh, but but Elvert's been playing that one. He says it's not too bad. It's a free-to-play game. You should check it out. Um, okay, just scrolling through here. Uh, Ethan Wolfcat, Deep Fakes, says, I haven't played much, but I'm enjoying PSVR 2. Uh, in the version of The Walking Dead Saints and Sinners, haven't bought Chapter 2 just yet. Saints and Sinners. I wonder. I do wonder how many people didn't get around to playing Saints and Sinners Chapter One on PSVR One, uh, and this will be their first experience with it. Yeah, which has got to be yeah, better than the controllers, right? Oh, for sure, big time. Yeah. yeah, it was also a good idea to, for Skydance to bundle the two together. I think um, because you know, there's just gonna you know, I think the expectation with PSVR Two is you're going to wind up with a bunch of people that didn't have VR at all getting PSVR Two, and so when it comes to Walking Dead being able to just get the whole thing in one shot, you know, nice. Such a great price point too. And I'm not, you know, yeah. you work at Skydance, but like everybody knows I'm not blowing smoke up your ass. This is 60, $60 for, for two, you know, two games you can easily spend plus hours. Like it's going to be a long, you're going to be in there a long time. Yeah. And if you do everything in chapter two, like those exile missions, you are going to be there a really long time. Um, I haven't, yeah. I haven't done all those yet. I'm interested in seeing what the rewards for the later ones are. Uh, this is a good one. Uh, is it Jipney, J-I-P-N-I, uh, saying the Light Brigade for me, probably nearing 40 hours in that game already. Dan, I played a couple hours of the Light Brigade in order to uh, talk about it with Wes on a Gamescast episode, and I felt the addiction seeping in, going, oh man, this is going right. to be my next Until You Fall. But you recently beat that yeah. game. Yeah, well, I beat it in the sense that I I, I killed the final boss. But I'm not sure... But that's, you know, with these types of games, I'm not sure if that's beating the game, right? Because there's other things, there's other little things that it has for you to do. Sure. So, but yeah, it took me, I, to get to the final boss, it was like 12 or 13 hours. So it was, it took a while. Yeah. Yeah. That's actually surprising. Um, I feel like it's going to take me way longer than that. I'm just not terribly good well, at these games. I think there was a system in there that I missed. I don't want to spoil anything, but... If I had known earlier how that worked, I probably would have gotten through it quicker. But yeah. Um, let's see. We've got Jordi says racked up the most hours in Pavlov. It's just ludicrously good fun. Super solid VR implementation too. For me, it's at the benchmark of how PSVR shooters should work. Now I hope either they do someone else's builds, either they they or someone else builds from those foundations and creates something phenomenal. I. I'm very happy that Pavlov was there at launch. Um, it, so we have another shooter coming that looks an awful lot like Pavlov, right? What the heck is that game that's coming that's by um, Smilegate? Is it Smilegate's game? Well, see, Smilegate actually differentiates itself by its Crossfire Sierra Squad. Crossfire, and yeah. That is a, that's campaign-based. Like that, it's co-op, so you're playing right. with like three other people going through a campaign. So it's... it's it, it differentiates itself. It actually gives people something completely different to play who have already cut their teeth on Pavlov. So, well, but in terms of the interactions, I'm yeah. curious to see if they, how they, how they do that. Yeah. I am too. And I'm also, I know that Smilegate is at GDC right now and they had reached out to me and said, Hey, if you're at GDC, come and like hang out and check out our game. And I said, Wes, 
<laughs> yep. Yes. Go see Smilegate yeah. and go check out their game because I need to know That's if this game's good or not. That's what he's doing right now. Yeah. Please, for the love of God. <laughs> also, I'm playing Light Brigade in my head. You, you pray a lot in Light Brigade. That was the joke. I don't that's right. Yeah. yeah. So I got you. Sorry. I was looking at the chat over there. Yeah. I, I was explaining it to the chat who might not have played Light Brigade yet. ET.2K9.now. <laughs> ET.2K9.now um, with the $20 tip says I had to play Saints and Sinners 1 on PC because PSVR didn't have baby mode. Hopefully, Retribution on PSVR 2 has it or adds it as a patch. What the fuck was baby mode? Just like. The lo- I, don't, I don't know what baby mode is. I don't know. No, I saw that. I was like, I don't know what that is. Just because I, I, whenever I play a game, I just play on the the standard default difficulty, uh, and then right, I go check yeah. out the harder mode later. Um, maybe there was a story mode difficulty, or am I thinking of story switchback? Mode? I don't yeah. know. So, uh, thanks for the tip, et two k nine dot now. Appreciate it. Um, I, I hope the baby mode is in there. I'll have to check for you. Um, let's see what else we got here. Um, Jason Stevens decided to cheat. He said, I typically don't do favorites in life since I like different things for different reasons. In PSVR, two games are no different, which means you didn't follow the direction, Stephen, and we're moving on to somebody else's <laughs> comment. <laughs> uh, Corbin says, voted GT7, but it was really tough between that and Village. Uh, with the wheel set up, I get more from GT7, and it itches me more often to get back in there. Yeah, man, I think if I didn't have a channel to run... Uh, the number one thing I would be doing every day when the, my alarm clock goes off, like while I'm waiting for the coffee to brew, is jump in there and do my dailies on Gran Turismo to get my lottery tickets and, and just make sure that I'm constantly being rewarded for playing that game. And it's something I want to do, but geez, dude, I, I just haven't found the time to do it ever since the review got posted. Yeah, that's a, yeah. there's a lot. They they definitely keep you on the grind sit down on that one. Uh, Lurker McLurkerson says, it's not a new game, but obviously as such, not a technical showcase on the PSVR 2, but I hadn't played Moss Book 2 before, and I absolutely loved it. My favorite experience so far. Um, I think I, I don't think Lurker McLurkerson is, is alone. I don't think anybody really bought that on PSVR 1. So this, right. this is a very... Yeah, that was, that was pretty raw, what happened there with PSVR 1, for sure. Yeah. So very uh, Aceville in the chat says, "Wait, baby mode? I'm intrigued." Aceville doesn't like, Aceville doesn't like scary games, so I think he's avoiding Saints and Sinners. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, B Jones just said, "Just hopped on. Any news of Archangel Hellfire release for PSVR 2? Oh gosh. <laughs> I mean, I, I think that might be a. I think he might be barking up the wrong tree on that one. Is there any? I have no no words on Archangel for you. Sorry, I don't know. I gotta wonder if anybody at Skydance is uh is like that's that's gonna be a thing, man. We gotta make this shit happen. Um, which would be nice. It would be nice to get Archangel Complete Edition on uh, on PSVR two. Just say yeah, because yeah, well I, yeah, I agree. Because the Archangel was Hellfire the the second release. I think yeah, it was, was the multiplayer the one. Multiplayer thing. Yeah. Yeah, that was super cool. That was very cool. Right, yeah. and we never we never got that on PSVR one, uh, and in uh, Archangel was one of those like technical tour de forces where it was just like wow, PSVR one games can look really good when they're on rails. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Yeah, but they yeah they did the arena thing with Hellfire, and that was it, it was cool. They had all kinds of new abilities and stuff. Yeah, your long shadow says terrible lurking from the lurker McLurkerson. <laughs> tut tut. <laughs> It's true. Uh, what else we got here? Let's. I'm going to scroll down a little bit further and see if we can get 
I have no idea where the window went. Oh, there it is. Um, let's scroll, scroll, scroll. Damn, while I'm scrolling. Yeah. Um, you want me to scroll with you? Yeah, I can help you scroll. You don't, you don't have to scroll with me. Um, my, I guess my question would be is, has there been any surprise hits for you? We, so far, most of what we've been talking about PSVR one remaster, PSVR one remasters, the AAA games, in in the big standouts. I think the Light Brigade is one of those games that has transcended all that, um, and people are like, "Oh yeah, no, this game needs you need to pay attention to this game." Are there any other games like Light Brigade that maybe aren't getting the attention they deserve right now? I, I'm not getting the attention, but one that kind of surprised me was Kayak. Um, uh, I, I liked Kayak. I, I wound up playing that. It didn't take me that long to get through it all get get all the way through it but uh, i definitely had fun with it for sure like doing the races a couple of different times you know and stuff like that the only thing that i wish that they had added was maybe some collectibles to find in the uh um you know in the mode where you can just paddle around and do what you want yeah um but i did go so far as to take my controllers and zip tie them to a little stick so that i could go like this with the stick and it made a difference and the cool thing was uh, the haptics still work, right? Because and you can feel the haptics through the stick. So when you like bump the stuff or whatever, like it actually, I was like, okay, that's pretty cool. So that was kind of a su- surprise one for me. Very nice. I tried to turn my mic down during that. Sorry if anybody heard sirens. Obviously on my end, uh, but that's really cool to hear, man. That I, I did not expect to be able to get the haptics. I, dude, I'm so with kayak. I am still here. You know, I got to go full screen on this because uh, I'm still doing the whole. Uh, like this, like really fast, almost like I'm right. like pedaling a tricycle with my hands type oh, thing. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah. But like, there's got to be a proper way to do that. Right. Can I just, can I do, can I get into the rhythm and do it properly yeah. and still get so when that? It, when it was on the stick. Yeah. When I had it on the stick, that's how I was doing it. It was like, I'd wind up just by just kind of like going like that. And I, I got some pretty good times on there. So I think having the stick might help. Um, because like I, 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 uh, Miles told me later that he was like, I'm coming after your times, Dan, because I guess I'd beaten some of his times on there or something. Um, so I, was like, I, I told him I used the stick. Maybe that helps. I don't know. But yeah, yeah, you definitely wind up like doing the whole motion like this instead of just like bicycling. Hey, that's that's really reassuring to hear because I, I was I was like, man, I, I feel like I'm cheating, right? And I'm like, this is not and, – and you see the ghost of the other people who are getting really good times in there. They, they don't look like they're breaking a sweat. I'm like, I got to learn how to right. do this properly because every time I put the oar into the water, I, I end up like turning, you know, because that's how you do a sharp turn. And right. so I'm just yeah, not getting yeah. the motion quite right. And so that's, I, I really want to review this game and I really want to spend some time with it. Um, but I, I just, yeah, maybe uh, it's the stick. Yeah. yeah. Tatum said that he tried it too, but he used like a broomstick. Don't do that. I used like, my stick was like that long and short. So I, I'm not bumping into things. <laughs> but Tatum said he used like a broomstick, <laughs> which I could see. Smash, smash, hit the TV. <laughs> yeah, a, ra- a rare instance where a bigger stick is not always better. A bigger stick is not better in this case. Yeah. <laughs> God. Uh, all right, let's get back to this. Uh, let's let's we'll, we'll get a couple more recommendations, and we'll get then we'll get to get out of here because I've already kept you for far too long. That's my excuse. Um, <laughs> I have no idea where the, my my window went yet again. Do, 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 do. So yeah, kayak was a good one though. Um, drums rock, dude. Tom, Still played that, yeah. Tomu Puig. I, I'm so sorry that I pronounced your name wrong. Um, said drums rock in and said funniest PSVR game so far. So many people have told me that drums rock is so much fun. 
I, I I've not even touched this game. I said this is going to be like just a you know guitar hero type thing. You know the same formula that we've seen over and over and over again. And it, here it is, just somebody like cashing in the PSV. It just felt like a cash in on the PSVR two launch. And I, I I'm so happy that other people are telling me how wrong I am because it's it sounds like everyone's having a lot of fun with this game. So I can't. I'm very interested in this game for the first time because everyone has told me that I was wrong, and I'm happy about that. Yeah, I haven't tried it yet. That's one on my list too. That and I guess the, uh, the Guitar Hero one. Some people are saying that's actually pretty good. So try it out too. Yeah, PJP says drums rock, baby. So that's good to hear. Other people are saying it. We got somebody that says uh, Grimasi saying before your eyes. I don't know if you, I don't know if you saw this tweet from Greg Miller, <laughs> right? From from uh, previously IGN, kind of funny. He um. He said, he said, before your eyes is the first must-have game on PSVR 2. Oh, right. Which I'm yeah, like, like dude, that. come on, man. It's like, before your eyes is like a great experience and a good story. And yes, I cried. It made me, it's made me tear up. But to call it the first must-have game on PSVR 2, I was like, you're out of your mind. And to tell some... And, if, and I really fucking love Greg Miller. For anyone who doesn't know, I fucking love Greg Miller. I was a huge fan of Beyond. That's the only reason Without Parole exists. But what are you saying? You're nuts. Like... Dude, Gran Turismo's must have. Villages must have. I, I won't even say Horizon is must have, just because of all the climbing. It's great, but it's maybe not must have. There's so there's so many must have games before before your eyes. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Maybe maybe you could qualify that by saying must. Uh, it's a must have experience. Yeah, I feel like that would be accurate. All right, let's let's find one more. Let's find one more. I'm gonna scroll all way right. down. There we go. Corey Turner throwing a wrench in the works by saying the dark pictures switch back VR. Excellent. <sighs> this is this is what I'm happy about, Dan. Any any time that somebody out there says uh, says you know what uh, everybody's complaining about this thing and everybody's saying it's not scary, everybody's saying it's blurry, and then somebody out there goes, you know what, I'm having a good time with it. I love that so I had much. A good time with it, yeah. Right? Like I. I think I think people think I'm going to get like upset or something if they disagree with me, but I, it's quite the opposite. I'm always so happy to find out that people are enjoying the game they spent money on because nothing is worth worse than do. As a kid, and you only got like one game or two games a year, right? You get to go to the mall, electronics boutique, software, et cetera, Babbage's, right? You get to come home with like that one game for your birthday or something, and it's like that's the only game you were going to play for the next four or five months. Like it was so was upsetting the, I, when it was I bad. I did the rentals, right? Like, yeah, you know, you'd sit there at the rental because we did. Cause this, I, I grew up in Alaska in Ketchikan, and we didn't have like. It was a while before there was a blockbuster or anything like that. So going down to rent the games was you went down to the little spot where they had the games, and they were just on this rack that was like one of those circular racks. And whatever they had there, that's what you got to rent. And so if you got there on Friday, because all the kids were going to go in there and they're going to get all the games. So if you got there late on Friday, whatever was left is what you got to play. So you're like, well, I guess I'm playing Conan this weekend or whatever, you know? So, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah I, it's crazy, the availability that we have. It, it, the availability is crazy. Uh, it doesn't, I don't think kids are experience gaming the same way that we experience gaming uh you know only having as you said either the rentals or or just purchasing my parents didn't believe in rentals because the the place down the street from me like it was like seven or eight bucks to rent a game 
And it was like, right. Yeah. It was always way more expensive than getting a movie. Right. And so, so, so seven or eight bucks at that point, my mom is like, you know, like anytime she saw a, a Sega Genesis game on sale, when she was out and about, she would call me from the store. Like, you know, like it's, it'd be like, is this game good? Is like, it's $30. And she would like, you know, be like, cause it's, it's so close. Like, do you want to rent a right. game for $8 it's- or just own one for 30? And it's like, so yeah. Anyway, uh, whenever I, whenever I would get a game that just sucked. Um, it was like, man, it was the worst feeling in the world. And so I, I always remembered that, you know, it was like, I always remember that. And so when people are like, you said this game wasn't very good and I bought it and I love it. That's what I remember. And I go, I'm so fucking happy that you're enjoying your game. The thing you spent money on. Cause I don't know when the next time you get to buy a game is right. It's not, it's not the same for everybody. Yeah. So Dan, it's time. Yes. This is the moment that everyone has been waiting for. And when I say everyone, I mean about a hundred of you guys are about to end the stream right now. It's time for PSVR 20 questions and you're the host. I'm a little scared because we were in voice chat on discord prior to this. And I, and and it seemed like you were getting recommendations, um, to host this game, uh, from, from some of the cats. (laughs) So I'm a little bit scared. You guys took a really uh, deep cut. You you don't have to be scared. Don't worry about it. I'm not going to pick a game that I don't know though. So it's to the top. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, then here's how it works, guys. Uh, I need all the help I can get from you guys over there. Uh, Basically, if... Oh, I lost your audio. Oh, Oh, now you're back. Okay. Yep, yep, good. I I need all the help I can get from the chat. Guys, please, for the love of God, uh, ask me, give me some, suggest some good questions for me to ask Dan. We only have 20 of them. Uh, And then also, uh, in response to those questions, this is the important part, suggest good games that adhere to all the criteria we establish. That's not always the case. Usually it's just good dog, bad dog for the entire thing. And I'm like, I don't, you guys are not helpful (laughs) at all. (laughs) Right. All right. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to make a little yes or no column over here in my notebook. Okay. And then I'm going to bring up a clock. You tell me when you're ready. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. Here's my timer on my mark. Get Des. Go. (laughs) Has, uh, is this game either on PSVR 2 or has been announced for PSVR 2? No. Okay, no PSVR 2. So it is PSVR 1. Um, does this game use any controller for PSVR 1, including HOTUS, steering wheel, uh, aim controller, DualShock 4, other than the moves? Yes. Can this game also use the moves? So the question, hold on, let me rephrase the question. Does this game use any controller other than the moves? Was, the answer is yes. Okay. Does does this game also use, can you also use the move controllers in this game? No. Okay. I really screwed myself on that. <laughs> um, is this primarily a DualShock 4 game, I should ask? Yes. All right. Wait. So what's that? Four or five? Is that four or five? Uh, that I think that I think that was three, wasn't it? One, okay. two, three. I think four. That's four. Four. Yeah. Okay. Four. <laughs> yeah. You got to keep track, man. That's like the that's part of your responsibility. I'm trying. I'm. I'm trying. Right, I use my fingers. Yeah. Okay. But I just stole that from Damon Hatfield. My wife came in and interrupted me, and I was like, I my my brain just like flew out of my head. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you do you play as a human in this game? No. 
Is this game first person? Yes. Would you say that most of what you're doing in this game is shooting? No. Wait. No. No. No shoot. No, you are not mostly shooting. I'm looking through the questions here. Um, is there any is there any rhythm element to this game at all? No. Oh, uh, Markio's asking a good question. Uh, does this have any kind of multiplayer focus? No. <laughs> you know, let's just get this out of the way. Uh, PSVR <laughs> Pace asks, are you an animal in this game? I was, he asked dog, but I'm just going to say animal. No, you're not an animal. All right. Okay, so you're not you're not a human. You're not an animal. Do you are you a vehicle of some kind? Uh, no. I would say no. <laughs> he would say that's eleven. No. Yeah, I don't, no, you're not a vehicle. We're getting in trouble. Uh, sirens on my end. Um. Is this a Timothy? I like that Tetris, but that's that, that's also got a rhythm component. Tetris effect does. Um, is, is this a puzzle game, or are there puzzles in this game? Is it puzzle focused? There are puzzles in the game, but it is not a puzzle game. Okay, there are puzzles, not a puzzle game. We kind of got a twofer right there. Hmm, how much time do we have? We got two minutes left. Um, Looper's wondering, that's a good question. Is there a horror element to this game? No. Okay, not horror. I'm scared to, I'm, I'm scared to ask. Matt, 13. Dan Kiefer is asking, I'm not, I'm not asking this. He asks, are you an artificial life form? Don't, I'm not asking this question. Has this developer made other PSVR games, to your knowledge? I don't think so. Okay. I don't think so. Let me check. Okay, here's what we know so far. It's first person. Uh, it, is, it has puzzles. It's not a puzzle game. Uh, this might be the only PSVR game this developer made. It uses the DualShock 4 primarily. We don't have, everything else is kind of up in the air because I'm asked stupid questions. Uh, and it's only a PSVR 1 game, not a PSVR 2 game. Um, you're not a human. It's not primarily shooting. It's not a rhythm game. It's not a focus on multiplayer. You're not an animal. Uh, you're not piloting a vehicle. Yeah, and as for your last question, as far as I can tell, they didn't make another PSVR game, but gosh, I... If I'm wrong about that, you will let me know. Would you say I the, can't? I don't see another one. Would you say the art, uh, cart, the art style is cartoony? Yeah. Okay. 
my God. Um, you know, I only have seven seconds left, and a lot of people are saying Ghost Giant in the chat, so I'm going to go with it. Is it Ghost Giant? It is not Ghost Giant. Bam. The bomb just blew up. Dan, what is it? it and, and I saw this. Like, people were screaming this in the chat. No. It is Astrobot. It is Astrobot. I, I hate you so much right now because, because <laughs> oh, my God. You 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 were you were playing you were playing against me and not with me because that this was I supposed to play with you I'm sorry <laughs> I was not I was not read up on the rules because <laughs> I asked if it's a first person game and that is that is very tricky because you are an entity it's totally in a that first game. person game and you you just missed like when you were asking what you play as you asked you just the one question that you should have asked was the one that you said I'm not going to ask this question. Right, because <laughs> they asked, "Are you a robot?" <laughs> I, I think. The, I think the second I asked if it was a first-person game, and you said no, uh, or you said yes, I, I immediately took Moss off the table. Ghost Giant, technically for me, felt off the table, even though that's not true. Moss shouldn't have been off the table. Um, it's, it's so technically, there's almost no first. There's no, according to this game that we just played, Dan. There are no third-person games on PlayStation VR One. <laughs> no. There was um, oh Theseus. I'm sorry. Well, Theseus, but also what the heck was that platformer that was really bad? Where it's like third person. Uh, Myrtles was uh, third person, right? That's true. It was not really bad. Yeah. Was it not really bad? I don't know. I never played it, and I feel like everybody makes fun of it all the time. They do. When they, they talk do. About it. AJ makes okay. fun of it, but he's got bad taste in games. Okay. If you enjoyed the N64 at all, so. then you would enjoy Marvels. Marvels. Oh, okay, so I probably would like it then. Yeah. Um, also, Lucky's Tale is uh, third person. Oh, yeah. There's no first person element to that at all, is there? Okay. So, all right. But yeah, like the other, yeah, because like Trover, you play as a character. Uh, Astrobot, you play as a character. Yeah. Dan, we got to wrap this up. It's been two hours. Thank you so much for hanging out with me today. Oh, sorry. Um, no, don't, don't. I I think I was uh, I think I was hosting this and I think I kept you here for two hours. I don't think it was the other <laughs> way around. Um, Looper the Underground Game Cat with the two euros says Marvels is first person when you shoot the ballista. <laughs> well, and there you have it. <laughs> There's no first person. Game. There's no third person games on PSVR one confirmed. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm assuming. I don't think there's any first person elements in Theseus, but you know what? This is probably a conversation for another day. Um, Bound is first person uh, in certain scenes. I think. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Let's. Let's. I wouldn't consider those first person. I would consider them. Dan, thanks for being here, man. I really appreciate it. Like I said, there almost wasn't a show uh, before Dan volunteered to be here. So really, really appreciate it. I hope everyone's sending well wishes to uh, to Wes over at GDC. Hopefully, he's playing Crossfire Sierra Squad right now as we speak. That would be amazing. I can't wait to get some uh, impressions from him. Um, okay, now everybody in the chat is like, oh, but what about this third-person game? What about this third-person game? <laughs> right? Curious Tale of the Stolen Pets is not third-person, Albert. Uh, it is 100% first-person. I don't know, man. That's I, right. It is. Right? Yeah. That's the problem. That's the problem. Um, Dan, thanks for, thanks again for being here. And everybody out there, thank you for, thank you for being here. I really, really appreciate you all hanging out. Uh, hopefully everyone's having an awesome Wednesday. Thanks to everybody who supports this channel, uh, you know, whether it be Jay Meow, who gets this thing up on podcast services of your choice. That's right. It's on Spotify. Go listen to it. Uh, if it's just too damn early in the day and you're at work. Uh, also 
uh, everybody, uh, all the mods over on Discord, working their ass off to make sure that the conversation stays civil on Discord and over here in the chat. Uh, everyone who supports this channel financially over at patreon.com slash without parole games. Everyone who's a member uh, over here on YouTube, uh, everybody who tipped during today's show, everybody who commented, tried to help me with PSVR 20 questions. And of course, everyone who sat back and watched the show didn't say a goddamn word. We know you're out there and we love you just as much. Happy West Day, Wes. We see you. <laughs> That's not how this works. <laughs> Happy West Day, Dan. What, what was it? West D? West D? West Day? Dun, dun, Happy Wednesday. Hey, Dan. Happy Dun Day. Dun Day. Yeah, okay. Right. Happy Brian Day. I don't know. Later, Bye. guys. <laughs>